here we go. And also, uh, oh, God, it's good. Hey guys, welcome to episode 110 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Commodore 5, and my fellow host is like Kevin Costner in Man of Steel. Seems like he'd be a great dad, and then does something stupid like take the brunt of a board wipe. Big <laughs> time. Hi, yes, that's me. Uh, Mr. Combo, I'm really excited about today. Uh, we're talking about maybe one of the first magic cards I ever owned. I will go in to say this, that I'm currently drinking some whiskey and uh, this Zevia stuff that I was telling you about because I'm in a lot of pain. And uh, the reason why is I started playing rugby again. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you're gonna start coming in like some abused like <laughs> yes. house husband. The uh, it's great to explain. I used to be tough when I played back when I like was an intern and like would show up on Mondays and like my nose is clearly broken. I have black eyes and I'm limping. They're like, so was it bouncing? Was it just your general falling down the stairs because you're drunk? I was like, no, I was playing rugby. And they're like. And then I fell down the stairs wow. later. Yeah, so it's been really fun. Um, yesterday was our first full contact practice. So I was feeling pretty good until I worked out. And then I was doing like goblin squats or goblet, I guess. Goblin squats, if you want. That's what we call them. Yeah, I was about to say words. goblin you squats. Put, you, Is it like what? You pretend that you're holding this like fat chubby you put, goblin? You, no, you put squee on your back and then you start doing your squats there. <laughs> Uh, and just something like, I don't know what happened. It was like after I ran, so my back is in a lot of pain, uh, which is really exciting because I'm going to a concert tonight. So I'm looking forward to standing and, uh, and have that going, but it's a Friday here. All right. We got guys, we got to cut to the meat of this. Mr. Combo has a story. He needs to tell me about his time in Aggieville in Manhattan. They, that he buried the lead on Monday and I want to hear it so bad. So I, I got to cut right. To so. That. I will get to that as well, oh. but I was actually going to have a fun weekend myself, but I had to cancel because of damn COVID. What? Pisses me off so much. This weekend? Uh, as Tuck knows, I'm going to be going to Italy in two weeks uh, with a great friend, longtime friend of ours, uh, Jared. When we booked our trip, all you needed for Italy was a COVID card to right. get in, which I have the vaccine, so it's fine. And you went and got, you got another Apparently, one printed out, right, at CVS or something or Walmart? Yeah. Yep. And so two weeks after we booked our trip, which I didn't know, um, I only found this out a couple days ago, but apparently the state of Italy decided to, uh, I don't know, say on top of having to have the vaccine, you also have to present a negative test within 72 hours of arriving oh, or they won't let you sure. in the country. So it's like, well, that sucks because this Sunday I actually had a vendor who was going to take me um, in their uh, box suite uh, to a Chiefs uh, game. We were going to see the Buffalo Bills play Sunday Night Football. So it's like I can't go because I can't risk being around 85,000 people getting oh, positive. Oh, oh. And then I can't even go on my trip. Because, like, let me tell you, Chiefs Bills would be amazing. To I was going to say. That, it doesn't compare to going to Italy. Yeah, right. That's a big turndown, man. I'm proud of you, though. That's a big step. You know, oh, take it away, it but what do you got to do? Yeah. But we'll figure it out. for the story that Tuck wants to hear, yes, here is the night. So uh, a few weeks ago, it was my birthday weekend. Talked about it a little bit on news uh, earlier in the week. Uh, went ahead and uh, went out to Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, I did not go there, but I have a lot of great friends. Our awesome audio producer went there, but Kansas State it's, University is home of the Wildcats. It's your college sport that, yes. you, that you watch, right? Yeah, it's my your... college that I support. You know, anything going on at the university, I try to, like, learn about. So, uh, you know, we went and watched Oklahoma, the Sooners, play oh, sure. K-State. We ended up losing. Uh, Boomer, but, you know, it was Boomer a big Sooner. deal. Boomer because... Sooner, baby. 
That doesn't make any sense. That's what I don't they even say. know what boomer sooner means. That's I know what that's they what they say. It doesn't mean it makes it. That's like Alabama people saying roll tide. What the hell does that even or mean? Or the worst one, the Ohio State. I hate when people say that. I went to the Ohio State. God. Have you ever been to Ohio? It's horrible. But continue. Or the U. Oh, black. No, I don't like it. Sorry, you went to the university? I don't know what that means. So I want to continue. I've been watching this thing about like the most, the teams that win the most. So there's a term. So they call it like University of Michigan is one of these teams, right? That win a lot, I guess. So there's a term that's the most winningest team. That's like a universal sports term, and it sounds so stupid. So, anyways, that sounds so dumb. You, that's not not so. That's anyways, you know, this, right? You never heard that. No, term I, okay. I've never heard of okay. that. Okay, continue. Please. Um, so this was our last year of probably having Big tw- uh, Oklahoma in the Big Twelve. So we probably won't ever play K State again. Um, they're going to the SEC along with Texas, so oh. it'll be very rare if we ever play them. So it was like, hey, let's let's make a trip out of it. Well, uh, one of my fiancé's good friends and her boyfriend were also at the game. They're K-State's alums, along with my fiancé. And so we met up in Aggieville. And if you guys aren't familiar yes. with Aggieville, just Google it. It's basically like this little, tiny, two-block radius bar district in Manhattan, Kansas. It, but it gets crazy. It's like bourbon. It's like a hick version of Bourbon Street. It's yeah, just like it's a, go. it's a really good nightmare situation to go to at any time. But the weird thing is like when Tuck says hick, there are no country bars True, or yeah. none of that. It's just a it's bunch just of country bars. People. Yes. Um before I get into what happened in the night, Tuck, I forgot how cheap it is to drink in oh, college towns. Yeah. I think my I think I bought drinks for everyone the entire night. 20 shots, probably 50 yeah. to 20 beers and cocktails. I think I spent $100. Yeah, I was just going to so. say. <laughs> it's like it's a $100 night. And I think that's with Mr. Combo being a little tipsy and tipping a little too much. <laughs> uh, still only $100. Uh, and went to Hunam and got some Chinese at 1 a.m. Holy crap. We'll get to that. So what Tuck wanted to hear about yes. is we're at one of the bars. Uh, you know, it's crowded. We we find a ledge that we can sit on. Did you, win or, did you win or lose? We lost. We lost. Okay, so, so people. It, it was actually a. It was a very competitive game. We ended up leaving. Uh, there were so guys. You should go look up this game. There were so many ticky tack turnovers that they ended up like reviewing and going back on just because it's Oklahoma. It was so pissed me off. But we lost. We lost, and sure. it's fine. So we're at this bar. We're outside. We're sitting on a ledge. Music comes on. Both girls get up, start dancing. Uh. My fiance's girlfriend's uh, boyfriend, he gets up and starts dancing, and I'm like, ah, screw it. No one's really going to swipe our seats. It's not a big deal, and it's K-State. I mean, Manhattan people are generally nice sure, yes. here. So we're dancing, and probably like for five, ten minutes. Uh, our cups are still sitting there at the ledge. A uh, woman comes over. Uh, looks like she rolled straight out of her sewer-infested trailer from Mississippi. Yep, Sorry, I can say that because I lived there. <laughs> Um, sits in the seats, and my fiance comes up. She's like, babe, someone sat in our seats. And I'm like, you know what? We're still dancing. If someone wants to sit there while we're dancing, that's fine. And we'll just let them know, like, hey, our cups are here. You know, can you move once we're done? Right, like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be that asshole that's like, you can't use that, even yeah. though I'm not using Dibs it. Dibs on it while we're up and around. Yeah. yeah. Five minutes goes by. No one comes and sits next to her. Song ends. And I'm like, hey, ma'am, you know, would you mind scooting over? We were sitting here first. And she's like, No. You can go find somewhere else to sit. What? And I, and yeah. And if anyone knows me in person, I'm usually a very anti confrontational person. 
until I get a cocktail in me, and then I'm willing to stand up for myself. Right. Yes. Uh, and actually, like combat. So drunk, drunk I'm Mr. like, uh, drunk you know what? Combo doesn't take. But drunk Mr. Combo can get a little aggressive sometimes. Not as much. Not yes. as much anymore. But I can understand well, where you've been slighted, it, it, especially when you've been slighted. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Put me on tilt. Yeah, and it's usually I'm I'm always never violent. I'm, I'm not gonna hit anyone or try to get in a fight, but I will verbalize how upset I am with you. I am the may I speak to your manager, Karen, uh, but with assholes in real life. So, you know, she says that, and I'm like, ah, you know, that's not gonna work for me. You know, you really, you know, you need to <laughs> you move. Need, you need to go uh, review the contracts. You know, you know, yeah. <laughs> And I even said this because she had enough room on both sides of her to where if she just would have moved like slightly to yeah. the right or left, all four of us would have had plenty of room. Yeah, right. But the way she was sitting, she was splitting the group in half. So uh, I'm like, I mean, why don't you just scoot over? There's still plenty of room. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then a guy comes over and sits next to her. Mind you, both these people are probably in their 40s. Sure. Or maybe even early 50s. Uh, or heck, they could have been 21 and just the amount of cocaine and meth they did <laughs> yeah, age say. them centuries. So he sits down, and so I become the very godfather-like asshole. I'm like, you know what? Fine. Let's all be one big happy group. Let's all sit together. Doesn't that sound yes. exciting? Yes. And so I literally go and sit next to them on the far side to leave room for everyone else. And I'm like, guys, so how's your night going? Like, can we be best friends? Right. And I'm doing all of this just to rile them up because it's just they're pissing me off so much. Right, right, right. Because uh, it's like, you know, you can go sit anywhere you want in the bar. And it's like, you could too. Our shit's here. We right. Our, yeah, move. our glasses are still here. Yes. So, you know, that goes on for about a minute, minute and a half. My fiance comes over. She's like, hey, you know, like, seriously, guys, do you mind just, like, scooting oh, over Joanna so that way we can got sit together? It. Yeah. Yeah. And then the lady's like, fuck you. Go mind your own fucking business, bitch. And that's when no I was way. like, all right, you're – you're not going to talk to my fiance like that. And then her man gets up and he's like, oh, you want to fight, bro? And it's like, man, I'm not going to fight you. I'll just get your ass thrown out of the bar. Right, like, yeah. I'm an adult. That's how we solve things. <laughs> right. I'm not going to, like, go to jail to, like, prove I'm a man. Yeah, to prove, and so to he's prove sitting there going back and said, forth. Yeah. Lady still talking shit. And then, tuck, it got to the climax of this one time to the breaking point, And it was hilarious. The guy stands up and he's like, dude, let's go to around the back and fight. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't have to fight <laughs> yeah. you. Uh, plus, there's no way you could take me and uh, my fiance's friend's boyfriend is like two inches taller than me. But he is like stocky Huge. like a rugby player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way you're going to take us both out. And so, you know, once again, I'm, I'm saying like, no, I'm not diffusing, but I'm not going to fight you. He then, everyone, get ready, takes off his shirt. No! <laughs> get ready. To only show another brand new shirt underneath that shirt. <laughs> As if taking off the shirt, and it wasn't even a, you know, long sleeve to a t-shirt or t-shirt to a tank top. It was a t-shirt to, to a t-shirt. A t-shirt to yet another t-shirt. <laughs> yes. Same material, both full cotton blend probably. It wasn't even like a muscle, like fishnet t-shirt that like, you know, someone in a weight room might wear. Right. Nope. T-shirt right. to t-shirt, trying to fight. You know, we end up walking away. We're like, hey, let's go to the bar. We'll get a shot. Let's get out of here. We'll never see them again. Yeah. Not five minutes later, we see them at the bar right next to us. And it got real uncomfortable. Then we leave. Uh, my fiance is drunk at this point. She's like, she gets very anxious. She's like, man, yeah. that really made me uncomfortable. I didn't like that. I love how you stood up for me. But, you know, I just, th that whole confrontation thing, I don't like uh, it. Yeah, yeah. It gives you, I shouldn't gives have you said shakes, it. Yeah. Shouldn't have said it. Babe. I, that was a fluke. We will never see them again in our lives. 
Guys, I kid you not, 1 a.m. comes around. We're drunk in this Chinese restaurant oh waiting God. for our food. They were sitting there waiting for our food. They walk in. They see us this time. I guess they didn't see us the first time. And the guy tried to take his other shirt off for another shirt and tried to fight me in the Chinese restaurant. And his, like, crackhead, you know, meth chick had to drag him out. And the whole time, because I could see it out of my peripheral, that he was eyeing me and, like, jawing yeah, and, right. like, saying stuff. So I did the thing I could the most, Tuck. If you were sitting to my left and he was to my right, I stared hard at you and just had a overly loud conversation. So he knew that I was ignoring him yes, the entire time. Absolutely. And so as I kept doing it, I just get louder. Oh my gosh, that's just so I can't, funny I can't and believe amazing. It. Yes, right. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So that was my Cla night. They classic. eventually left. Um, the I almost got in a fist fight with a meth head uh in the little apple. I, I love the taking off the shirt for yet another shirt. <laughs> I know. We did not understand why. Like, was that one shirt that's making his, him not aerodynamic enough to fight? That's his good shirt. Like, he doesn't want to get blood on it, right? So he's got to get the no. other shirt. No, what it is, uh, I just thought of it, guys. It's like Dragon Ball Z. Remember when Goku and Piccolo would take off their clothes and it was weighted? That must have been a weighted T-shirt. He just doing taking off that oh. one piece of clothing unlocked him to power level 10,000. 10, okay. I, I just, I didn't even see it. <laughs> Fucking Aggieville. I mean, it's not, I'm not even surprised. Like, <laughs> Well, guys, incredible. sorry for that long rambling <laughs> no, it's story. Worth it. It's incredible. But if you would like to help us out financially, you should definitely head over to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Tower. Um, we do have lots of giveaways, just so you guys know, 50 or 70 and, you know, probably mostly large to double XL. We'll have some mediums. We'll have, I think maybe one or two triples, just depends on how big this, uh, double XL they send me is. Um, but if you join our patron community, you'll have the option to get one at a discount for just 30 bucks plus shipping. Uh, these are going to be like high-end, like cashmere blend, cotton Ooh. blend uh, sweaters. So they're going to be really, really nice. Uh, but that's just one of them. On top of, you know, for a buck a month, you get into our Discord. For $5 a month, we'll send you a free pack of sleeves, plus some RK Post tokens. We give away stuff at every single tier. Heck, we're even working towards a new playmat that Rocketing... Uh, I just did it. Rocketing Moss. Yeah. Marketing Ross. Uh, That's his real name. You take be... it back. It's Rocketing Moss. <laughs> and it will be a partially foiled playmat uh, oh. that our patron community will actually be getting a discount on to buy it in the store. So great things go with it. And one of the things that occasionally we do also offer is a giveaway. So uh, we were given away, and usually we announce this on news, but couldn't do it because of the recording uh, vacation dilemma that Snapper, we were in. Yeah. So... Ben Weber, you've been a patron and supporter for 16 months. You're always sharing our content. You're always contributing to the community. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ben. And you won the Zendikar Rising Sealed Booster Box, four CMD Tower playmats, and four sets of sleeves, so that Woo! way you could do your own at-home draft. Just be sure to message our main account or myself, Mr. Combo Number 5, with your updated mailing address so we can get that shipped to you ASAP. Congratulations, Ben. Thank you for the support. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, if you are an existing patron and you want to bring someone into the community, we do have a referral program. So anyone you refer to join as a Patreon, have them message us telling us which community member recommended them. And depending on their tier, we'll send you some free stuff. Uh, I know Lemony Lennings was the very first one to do that. Yep. We ended up sending them a free pack of sleeves as just a nice little thank you. 
Now, if you want to pick up any of the swag, or maybe you can't do a become a Patreon, and you would like to get that holiday sweater, you'd like to get that foil playmat, just head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. We do keep it fairly updated. We pretty much just do a flat 10 bucks for shipping, whether you get one thing or uh, a pallet full of stuff. The holiday sweater uh, we will have on the website, uh, at least picture-wise. It just won't be available to purchase, hopefully here in the next week or so. Uh, the playmat will probably take a little bit longer because we're still developing it. But both of those should be for sale come beginning of December. Uh, right. But we will give our patron community first crack at it, uh, just in case if there is a large demand, uh, they're able to purchase those first. So between now and when that stuff goes on sale, join for even just a dollar, and that'll get you into all of this awesome product. Now, if you guys can't help us out financially, uh, getting some of our uh, swag, but you want to support us, just share the content you're watching and listening to, because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. And we do want to give a big shout out to our K-State graduate, Squee McGee, oh, yeah. uh, at Dear Squee on Twitter, uh, or DearSquee at cmdtower.com. He does all the audio editing for our channel and does an amazing job. He could do editing for you if you needed help as well. Our video editor, YouTube wouldn't be here uh, if it weren't for him. And I guess I should change the context of that as YouTube wouldn't be here for CMD Tower. <laughs> I don't think it's... at underscore T-Coats invented the series of tubes that connect to you. Now, we don't know that for sure. but That is true. A, that is, safe, we do safe, not we, have facts. A, we're we're going to go with an assumption that he is, in fact, not the inventor of YouTube. Funny side note. did you Do you know off the top of your head what the very first YouTube video ever was? Charlie bit me? I don't know. <laughs> nope. It, I, I believe it was one of the engineers or the founder of YouTube. It was a younger kid, and he was literally at the zoo, I think next to an elephant, and just said, uh, this is an elephant. Are, are we good? And then they end the recording. It's like five <laughs> seconds long. And I, I think it was just literally to test, can we put a video on the internet for people to watch? That's incredible. Fun fact, fun fact. But at underscore T Coats, Tyler does video editing for YouTube across um, all sorts of genres. And hey, who knows? He might even put that little video into our YouTube video so that way you guys can see what it's the hell I'm talking about. It's literally about. me at the zoo 16 years ago, 191 million views, and it's 19 seconds long of some guy in a rain jacket in front of a bunch of elephants. <laughs> So uh, Tyler does an amazing job for us. Please leave comments, subscribe to our channel. We need to get the views up. We need to get to 500 subscribers sooner rather than later. We want to grow this channel as much as possible um, to let Tyler know, hey, the work he's putting in is worth it. And B, you guys are actually enjoying the content. So leave some comments and subscribe. So Bruza Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path to 32 and talked about some exciting themes of EDH can support, you know, we decided to mix it up for season three. Kicking it off, Big Tuck and I will be doing a fantasy draft commander Woo! around community voted draft legends. Oh, that's a Kevin Costner. Okay, I thought. Yes, yeah, I was like, every single dra chaos draft, I'm going to find some way to work so Kevin Costner chaos, into the opening. I was like, I guess the commander kind of looks like him, although he looks like two other people <laughs> way better, which we'll get into shortly. God. Uh, well, each of us will do the following. So we have pre-selected 50 non-land cards. We'll flip a coin, the Squee coin, I believe, is our official game token here, to see who drafts first. And then we're going to go round robin uh, and a little bit more on that in a second until the deck is actually complete. 
And then what happens if I end up picking one of your cards? So we have to take it off of our draft board. We cannot select it again. And, I mean, I think you need mana bases and lands to play. What are you guys talking about lands? We will not be giving the... We will be giving the total land count recommended and only talking about cards up to the available slots. Uh, so we will not be talking about specific lands or how they factor in. And the way that we'll be doing this is the first 27 rounds will be a snake draft. So whoever goes first uh, will go one. And then whoever goes second will go two and pick three. And then it'll go four, five, six, seven. Basically, it's just whoever gets to pick first gets gets that first selection. But then every pick after that, you're picking two in a row. And then for the final five, it'll be a lightning round. <laughs> yeah, that's a friend's reference. Um and lightning round will Red literally sucks. just be uh, tuck picks, I pick, tuck picks, I pick, however that goes. And so that, will, that, that will boil down to 34 cards a piece. No, sorry, 32 cards a piece, which is 64, one with the commander, and then 35 lands is what the deck will end up looking like. Yep. Um, so without further ado, let's get brewing. Tuck, what did our Discord community vote on? Uh, foolishly, you chose a card that I actually had when I was younger and always wanted to make into a commander and put it into my first mono-red deck ever. Played it once and took it right out. We were talking about Aeron, not Aeron, nor single Aeron, nor double Aeron, Eron the Relentless. So Eron the Relentless is three colorless double red for legendary creature uh, redacted human rogue. So there's a little bit of synergy in there. That's a 5-2 and has haste. And then for the low, low cost of three red mana, you can regenerate him. That's it. <laughs> and if you are so inclined, you can get a gold border yes, copy you for can. $1. <laughs> yes, that was on the list. Um, so I have a couple things here. Uh, the artwork on him, he's kind of like a scraggly guy. But I've never seen Aaron and the Relentless and Brett Michaels... Or Sam Neill from Jurassic Park in the same room before. Uh, as doing this, I did a little bit of research. Uh, pretty much working from scratch here because he had nine decks on EDH rec. That was it. And evidently, he is the prominent Phoenix commander because the build, the only cards that were on EDH rec was like 48 creatures. It's every single Phoenix that's ever been printed in red. <laughs> that makes is so no, random. It makes no sense. Yeah, that makes absolutely zero sense. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much when you look at this guy, I think this just screams mono red Voltron mm -hmm. with like some loose absolutely. protection with the regeneration factor. Um, I think though that there's a lot of cool things you can kind of do with this. So, like, I think it'd be good for people to kind of understand the way that each of us approached our yes. our cards that we picked. So, the way that I approach this is I try to do a blend of Vol Voltron Spellslinger. Red I'm has a lot yeah. of, yeah, Red has a lot of cantrip type stuff. You know, Feather was the one that kind of made some of those jump in price. But I thought that there might be ways to cantrip, be able to possibly even reuse those spells, mm -hmm. um, and then find ways to uh, somewhat slow the board. 
Um, yeah. I definitely approach this similar to how my Esha Voltron deck is in mono white, where it's kind of mono white Voltron stacks. There's yep. not as much stacks in red, but I tried to at least get a little bit of like, I'm either going to hurt you for doing it, or I'm going to slow you down a little bit or make you think about it. Because just with him costing five, yeah. and then literally he's just a 5-2 with haste. There is no trample. There is no No, there's not. There is no, no there is not. <laughs> and then the low, low cost of red, red, red to keep him from dying you're going to have to find ways to make the game go long. Yes, I completely agree with that. I'm kind of in the, almost in the same boat, doing a lot with combat, almost identi almost 100% um, into the combat zone. I also have a few cards that kind of play around with the regenerate that I think are kind of spicy. Um, okay. Again, three red is kind of a lot to hold up. And then just some kind of generic red good stuff, I think would kind of help them out a little bit. Um, I think this is kind of, I was, I was looking through this. I think you can build an interesting commander out this. I think my only worry is there's probably a creature that's been printed more recently. That's just better if you want to do red Voltron, but if hey, you're trying, if the you're community trying to do, voted on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm a, I, as I was talking to Mr. Combo about this, I was very much looking forward to this episode. I love these drafts and I'm ready. I'm ready to get on into it. All right, and kicking off the draft, of course, we have the inaugural coin flip. Coin flip. Of course, the uh, sitting tight would be uh, heads, and get up and fight would be tails. Big Tuck, since you are not here in person, which side do you pick? Get up and fight all day, baby. Tails never fails. Get up and fight. Ooh, that is a tails. Boom! So, Big Tuck, would you like to go first? Or would you like to go second? I want to go second. I want the back-to-back. -back. Ooh, he wants that back-to-back, -back, back -back. people. All right. Well, uh, looks like Mr. Commodore Price is going to be going first. So, with the very first card I think this deck needs, I mean, look, normally you want it with a partner. But whenever I see a commander creature deals damage, you can deal that much to other opponents, and I want to live in the red zone, I think Kedis and Buckcloth yeah. Familiar makes so much sense in this Sla deck. Slam so dunk. colorless red, legendary creature, elemental wizard, uncommon. It's a 1-1 one, one for 30 cents. Uh, it does have partner, which is irrelevant uh, for this deck. Whenever a commander, though, you control deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to each other opponent. Now, for clarification, you will not get commander damage Correct. on each other opponent, but that doesn't really matter to me. I think you're just... If you're just trying to win purely off command damage, you're you really have to be a super controly type deck and hopefully get a little luck from your opponents. But if you're just trying to do damage to them, well, Kedis is fine for two mana. I completely agree. Um, I think the I think the little Ember Claw Lizard should go in every red deck that cares about damage, really, right? Um, or specifically mm. commander damage or creature damage. It's so efficient for just two mana, and it costs nothing, right? Like even the alt arts, I think, are like fifty cents. So yep. love the lizard. He's just a he's just a little lizard baby boy. Not much more <laughs> to say about that. All right, Tuck. Well, you get to go again, or get to go for the first time in round one. Who are you picking? Okay. Round one, uh, pretty easy slam dunk card here, Unleash Fury. As we talked about, we're trying to do these cantrips. We're trying to play at instant speed. We're trying to play in the red zone. And Unleash Fury at a colorless and a red for an instant doubles the power of target creature till end of turn. It's 28, 26 cents. So Aaron's kind of in a weird gap at being at 10 because he can't just kill off commander damage off of two hits, right? But 
if we're playing the way that we think we are, we're going to be playing into buffing him a little bit, giving him some pumperuskis, and then being able for him to slam in. So at this, it's an instant speed. You can trick people out on it if you can get around some flying. Really efficient way to double the damage that he's coming out on top of everything else that we have. Yeah, love that. Considering it was one of my picks, it was actually my third pick. So, ah, uh, there nice. you go, you son of a bitch, stealing from me. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, so the other thing, are we calling him Aaron or Eron, or is the it Aaron? I say, e let's go Eron, just to make it easy. Eron? Eron. 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 All right, let's well, Huck, why don't you start off round two with yes. your next pick? So again, I thought about throwing some of the red extra turn spells in here, but I realized you don't need them. What we're really looking for is extra combats, right? Not extra turns. So for me, Seize the Day is one of the more efficient and doable ways to do that. So Seize the Day is three the colorless and red for a sorcery, untapped target creature. After this main phase, there's an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase, and then you can flash it back for two colorless and a red. So for me, it's a very efficient way to be able to bash uh, Eron into multiple opponents or hopefully be able to knock out one person in a turn. Um, even if it gets countered, you can always flash it back. I like that kind of always is sitting in the, in the graveyard as kind of like an uh, overarching threat, which red doesn't always do a ton. And the other thing I like about this card, it's the thing that I hate about red, but red's card draw is usually you discarding cards. The nice thing is that its flashback cost right. is actually less than if you have it in hand. Exactly. So it's it's one of those cards, kind of like anger, that like if you discard it, you're like, I almost like you better in the graveyard. I absolutely, absolutely agree. Um, and I just think this pretty much just gives you an extra turn twice. Sure. All right. Well, Mr. Combo here, rounding out round two. When you're Voltron, I like the regeneration factor because this actually opens up a cool book for us with Eron to where you can now start to do more enchantment-based stuff oh, because yes. of the regenerate. But you don't want to rely on that because you might not have the three red. So let's make sure that we also have some equipments in here that mm. are cheap to equip to our legendary creature because he is expensive. And you know I love this boy, Black Blade Refold. Oh, of course. Let's go two colorless yes, legendary artifact so equipment rare. Uh, you can get one for 80 cents at a Commander Legends. Bonkers. Equip creature gets plus one, plus one for each land you control. And for your deck, it's basically equip legendary creature for three. If it's a non-legendary, it costs seven. So now we are in red. You're, you're not going to be ramping like crazy. Correct. But here's the thing. For basically five mana, by the time you would be able to put this on your commander, it's probably getting plus five, plus five at a I was, minimum. I, I was just gonna Why say are that, you yeah. mad at that? I think we're going to have to be – this is a deck that is going to want to have to consistently hit its land drops because its commander is so big. So even yep. then, 35 might be on the shorter side of the stick. But, yeah, Black Raiders Ford is so efficient. If you're playing Voltron, there's no reason not to have it, right? Even if you're mm -hmm. even if it only costs four, plus four, plus four that's repeatable is going to make a huge difference when you're bashing in. Yep, completely, completely agree. All right, well, we're now going to round three, and Mr. Combo is going to finish us out with a card that gets around that evasion nonsense. We're talking ah, Tumor yes. Battle Rage. Yes, we are. That's on my list. Damn it. 
Uh, colorless red instant. Uh, target creature gains a double strike until end of turn. And then ferocious, which will always happen with your commander. Uh, that creature also gains trample until end of turn if you control a creature with power four or greater. Uh, also, you might be wondering why I say that's always going to happen with your commander. Well, it's because negative counters. If it gets less than four power, he dies. So oh, yeah. he will always get to draw a card uh, and get that double strike. So two mana, instant speed. It just seems to make a lot of sense, especially for nine cents. Yeah, it's so strong. Um, again, I think this is another kind of staple in these sort of Voltron builds if you have it, right? Being able to flash this in um, in response to blocks, in response to not blocks. It's just so, so efficient. Um, I think Double Strike is going to be something that we're going to be seeing a lot of. I think it's going to be really critical for closing out games with Eron. Yep, for sure. All right, Tuck, once you complete round three. So, uh, again, we talked about it last... No, we talked about this at the deck theory that we did last. Double Strike, you're only going to have one creature. Blood Mist is going to hit every single time. Mm. And it's an enchantment too. So three colors and a red for an enchantment. At the beginning of combat on your turn, target creature you control gains double strike until end of turn. It's about 24 cents. Again, this is not going to be something where you have to make any sort of difficult decision on. It's just going to be yeah. something that you're going to be able to go and go and go. Uh, it's going to probably get removed in this deck. But again, that's one enchantment removal as we always talk about is at a premium. So even if this is just a three and then it gets binned, this will open up your other enchantments to be able to stick around for potentially longer. So something I was actually about to ask you, Tuck. So in this deck, is Blood Mist out? Is there another card that's outclassed Blood Mist for four mana to do the double strike? I don't think I don't think in red there is some in other colors, but I think the other okay. ones. The other one uh, is for all your creatures, and it costs a little bit more. But in in my book, this is going to be your most consistent double strike enabler, and the one that you're going to be able to do the most. Yeah, I just wasn't sure if there was, like, an equipment that does kind of the same thing, but then it always gets double strike and it's, like, four mana, or yeah. if there's, like, a creature that has, like, activated ability for what? I, I, I just wasn't sure yeah. if, like, how we talked about earlier, you mentioned that Eron might be outclassed by another mono red mm, legend mm, now. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't sure if Blood Mist is maybe outclassed at four mana, because it is only giving one creature double right. strike once per rotation. Yeah, I think that's... um. Yeah, I don't think I don't think so. I think that's what it boils down to. Not that it comes to the top of head. I'm sure someone out there will correct us and we'll look like real Jagoffs. Well, the real Jagoff is about to start round four, and that's Big Tuck. It's me, uh, still alive. So as we talked about, we are going to be casting a lot of instants and sorceries. And since we're not playing in the blue realm, we don't have a ton of ways to bring them back. So for me, Finale of Promise is going to be a big late game play. Uh, Finale of Promise is X, double red for a sorcery. You may cast up to one target ca instant card and or one target sorcery card from your graveyard each with mana X or less without paying its mana cost. If it would be cast this way, it would be put into your graveyard this turn, XL instead. If X is 10 or more, copy each one of those spells twice. You may choose new targets for the copy. Obviously, the 10 is where you want to go because then you can get some double things like with um, Unleash Fury. But again, we have there's going to be so many cards in here that are going to be one or two mana. Being able to pay two, being able to pay three just to bring back your Unleash or pay four for your Unleash Furies or pay three just to bring one back. And if you also get an, a sorcery out of it to maybe draw some cards or something along those lines, it seems like a pretty efficient way to pull stuff out of your graveyard for three dollars. Okay, yeah. I mean, I wasn't really there initially, but I mean, I guess if you literally are just putting it in for like, hey, for f basically paying a two mana tax to get my right. w my cantrip back. Okay, I mean, I don't like that we're 
having to pay a premium plus waste a card and that's all it's doing i wish it could sure. at least give us something else at least like you know in green with eternal witness at least you get a blocker you get something out back. of it yeah yeah mm -hmm. but um, there so are a, a lot of, the only other thing i'll say is like we talked a lot about the cantrips and the instance to do this but sorceries are going to be ways that you get your extra combats so it's mm. not beyond the shadow of rome that you could get an extra combat spell and something that iran's going to be able to smash in on that's fair that's fair all right well i'm going to complete round four and I am going to talk about run amok. Run Once amok. again, okay. we, we need ways to get evasion. So for a penny, co a colorless red, it's an oh, instant. God. Target attacking creature gets plus three, plus three, and gains trample until end of turn. Oof. So, it's so I mean, good. That's, yeah. that's eight damage getting through. You now have five toughness, so you do, maybe you don't even need to regenerate at this point. Maybe they literally right. threw a two-two zombie in front of it, like ah, I'll do it, whatever. Okay, well I'll have six get through, and my guy will live. So I, could, I think two mana. This makes a lot of sense. Slam dunk. Um, I didn't even. I've actually have never even heard of this card. And I think the big point is a lot of the red spells just give plus plus X or plus whatever and plus zero, which in Aeron is going to come bite you in the back. So like you said, being able to pump that up and give the evasion so strong for two mana. Yep. All right. Well, I'll be starting off round five with literally just a worse version of that card. <laughs> We're talking about brute strength. Yes. <laughs> a colorless red instant target creature gets plus three plus one and gains trample until end of turn. So you don't get as much of a butt, but I think any of these cantrips for one or two mana that give it trample plus a little bit of a buff, I think you need a mini run. You need ways yeah. to get evasion and hopefully be tricksy. Yeah, it's really strong. Um, well worth its weight in gold. Again, like we're going to have ways to bring these instants back from the graveyard, hopefully. I agree. It is just a worse version. But again, like we, as we talked about on the cast many times, redundancy yep. is key. All right, Tuck. What is going to be your round five pick? So just in case we can't get enough out of everything else, I really am going in on this double strike plan. And again, this is one's a little more greasy than I wish it was. I think Blood Mist is better, or this is a little more slimy or sweaty, but Assault Strobe, one red, target creature yep, gains that was double one of mine strike. Too. It wasn't? Yeah. It's uh, it, again, it's just about efficiency. One red, target creature gains double strike until end of turn. It's 30, so efficient. 35 cents. And I, I do worry a little bit sometimes that we are going to be Double strike's tricky because you can't stack it, right? You can't stack it for quadruple strike. But I think it's going to be so critical for him to have that that it's worth running multiple effects that do this just in case one of the other ones get countered or blown up or whatever else you may have. Yeah, not going to argue there. Pretty pretty easy pretty easy one there. Yep. Round six, go. Okay, so this is one of your favorites of all time. <gasps> You've recommended to put this in here. It is my first equipment and this is one of the ones that really plays around with um his regeneratability so we are talking about the sword that will end it all world slayer he's card would be one. the classic five colors for an artifact equipment whenever equipped creature deals damage to a player You're destroy a all permanents other than world slayer and equip five so I usually don't like this sort of ability because it pretty much just either the game ends and you will win or the game ends because everyone just scoops it up and wants to go to another one. But it sounds but, like the game ends one way or the other. Exactly, right? So again, we're playing, we're playing Eron. It's going to be an, an out-of-the-box 
less powerful commander than most at the table. So for this, cheesing this out and keeping your guy out and around, being able to kind of do this over and over again to keep the board flat is well worth the investment. It's a big investment. It's very telegraphed, but well worth it when you have a regenerating commander. Do you think there's something to be said? Now, granted, you'd have to go away from the cantrip side to go more to the equipment side, but red has a lot of effects that exchange artifacts from the graveyard to the battlefield. Do you think it's worth, like, kind of doing a sub-package in there and, like, hey, you get rid of my World Slayer, I'll just exchange my sad robot for one or my soul I'll, I'll pop back, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and, and we're not talking about it, but if we are building this enchantment package, something like the Dreddies of the world and, and those sort yeah. of things are well worth their weight in gold, being able to cheat them out, being able to bin your whatever mana rock that you don't need on turn four for something that's going to really push through damage and then end the game. Yep. All right. For me... Red, we don't have a lot of ways of protecting our commander um, in our Ooh. colors. So uh, this $35 card, unfortunately, is one of the oh things you can run. Deflecting SWAT. Oh, Kind of yeah. need it. Uh, two colorless red instant. And basically, it's free because you're only going to yeah. be casting this when your commander's on the battlefield. But it states if you control a commander, you may cast this spell without paying its mana cost. And it says you may choose new targets for target, spell, or ability. I don't think Eron, just like my Esha deck, is going to get a ton of board wipes. I yeah. think it's going to be more targeted removal because it is just the one thing. Correct. So I think something like this, especially if you're like, because people are going to try to get you in that weird scenario. It's like trying to remove Spore Frog, where it's like, well, if I target Spore Frog, you're going to sack it. But then if you sack it, then I try to target it. It's like you've already put it on the stack, and I don't know what to do now. And right. so with Eron, with that regenerate effect, people are going to have to start thinking like, okay, do I generous gift it? They spend the three red to regenerate. Then I use another one to try to right. Do I use murder at that point to murder it? Lightning bolt, Deflecting if you will. <laughs> Deflecting Swat will come in and kind of save the day since you already used your mana, and it'll be right. free. So I think it'll be crucial. I hate that it's $35, but I think yeah, you kind of have so to hard. have one for this deck. If you're running Voltron in red, this card is just so strong. So, yes, um, there's one. But there is a sort of budget version of this, which we'll be getting to, hopefully, at some point in the near future. Very uh, powerful. Probably not. Very, very needed. Well, I am going to go to uh, round seven. And we're talking about Shadow Spear. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> yep. I, uh, I, colorless, I, legendary artifact equipment. It's a rare. You hear about it probably on every other podcast. Uh, this is a card I'm surprised hasn't gotten banned, to be frank. Uh, just because everyone plays it. Yeah. Uh, equip for two. Equip creature gets plus one, plus one, has trample and lifelink, so that's why we're running it. The plus one, plus one's nice, but it gives us that evasion, and people are going to be hurting us because we're Voltron, and so yep. gaining that life isn't going to be insignificant. Uh, you can't pay a colorless. Permanent your opponent's control, lose hexproof, and indestructible until end of turn. I've seen that be relevant from time to time, but really I think you run this... $19 card for the initial plus one plus one trample infect or lifelink. Re remember when this was like $5 and we were all like, whoa, watch out. Too like, expensive. Too expensive <laughs> to play. It's if you are running in a if you are running a deck that deals with dealing damage, is there any reason not to run this? No. I can't I can't think of one. Because worst case, it's just like an arcane lighthouse or whatever it's called that's just gonna bend the stuff or uh yeah, that's going to, like, the, the static effect on it is good in and of itself, right? So, yeah, I mean, think about this. Boardwipe.decks will run this. Yes. Um, red Zone decks will run this. Life Gain decks will run this. 
I guess Voltron is pretty much red zone, so that kind of encompasses everything. Theft decks would run this. Yeah. I mean, there are very few decks that you can make a valid argument. Like, really, the only one I can think of off the top of my head with my decks that I own would be Atraxa. This doesn't right. have a place in her because I'm not even trying to like my board wipes or like exile all creatures from creatures. the green. I don't right, even right, care right. about the indestructible piece. But most decks probably want Shadow Spear. Yeah, it's. I mean, that explains the price point, right? Well, Tuck, round seven, go. So this is the first kind of Staxi card. I don't think that we're going to be running a bunch of creatures that are going to want to be getting into the red zone. So being able to control the flow of attacks, because this deck is going to die to token decks, right? It's not fast enough to get there. It's going to get overrun. I don't even know how many creatures it's going to end up having. Yeah. But uh, CMD Tower spoiler card, Silent Arbiter is going to do bonkers work in this deck. So four colors, it's artifact creature construct, just like you said, right? Playing into that artifact artifact theme. It's a 1-5 for about a buck 50-ish. No more than one creature can attack each combat. No more than one creature can block each combat, right? This is going to force our opponents into hanging, sitting tight on their turn, so we're not going to get overrun, but also making them really think about what they're going to block with, right? Knowing that we have these things to give the double strike, to give bumps, trample, that sort of thing, this is going to force our opponents to have to make choices of what they're going to block with and how much damage they're actually going to want to soak up. Any Voltron deck that's not Commander Esha, because this is irrelevant to her, you run yeah. Silent Arbiter. So. Yeah, especially now that it's like under $5 or $10, whatever it used to be. Yep. Round eight, go. Okay, so another mono-red equipment staple, Goto Bandit Warlord, just doing everything that we're looking for this deck. <laughs> what? Don't shake your head. There's no... We're not going crazy in this, but five colorless and a red for legendary creature, human barbarian. Let me when just go infinite, okay? No, we're not we're not doing that. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an equipment card, put it on the battlefield, then shuffle. When it attacks for the first time each turn, untap it and all samurai control. After this is another additional combat phase. So it's about buck sixty now. A, you're pretty much gonna tutor whatever you want. Your shadow spheres, your swords of blah blah blah. Any sort of thing that you want in here, he's going to be able to give you. I do like the fact that he himself can become such a beater in the right way, and we're running all those combat tricks as well. This is kind of like a backup-ish commander. You put a big thing on him, you double his power, you get to attack twice. It's kind of it's sweaty if you want to think of it that way, but the fact that he tutors you and can do something himself makes him very, very strong in this deck that's very, very linear. I would much rather just pay one red and gamble. Well, we might be talking about that at a later point. <laughs> you don't even know. All right. Well, I'm going to round out round eight with Embercleave. We're, we're kind of at the boring oh, part. Oh, God, yes. Uh, four so colorless so red, so red, mythic, legendary artifact equipment from that trash set, uh, Throne of Eldraine. Uh, Checkmark. We did it. Yep. Uh, it has flash. Go. It has equip for three. The spell costs one less to cast for each attacking creature you control. That's not... I mean, it sucks that you're going to be basically paying five for this. Yeah. But when it ATBs, you get to attach it to target creature you control, so you get around the equip costs. So really, we've gone from a five drop to a two drop. So it's really just a two drop with equip three. And then equip creature gets plus one, plus one, and has double strike and trample. So Yeah, um, it's it's insane. <laughs> Like, it sucks that you're going to have to pay the iron price on it, but this card's just so powerful. I mean, evasion, the double strike we talked about, you need this. Uh, I And, again, not for nothing, putting them up to three will make it harder to chump block for drakes, zombies, and the like. Yep. All right. 
going to round nine, kind of continuing the boring stuff, but this is a reusable uh, Loxodon Warhammer. Three colorless, yeah. artifact equipment, rare, equipped for three. Equipped creature gets plus three, plus O, oh, and has trample and lifelink. So this will tie back to what Tuck was talking about that made that one red card so special that it gave the plus three, plus three. This is still right. going to keep that toughness at two, but we do gain trample and we do gain lifelink, and you can regenerate. So, you know, it, it won't be as steep of an iron price as maybe the World Slayer rigmarole that uh, yes. Big Tuck came up with. And I think normally people would say, like, just run Shadow Sphere, but in this case... Run both? <laughs> run both, yeah, 100%, 100% no questions asked. It's a 30, Especially it's a when we're not actually building this in real life, we are spending make-believe money. <laughs> well, oh, we're about to talk about some make-believe money, let me tell you. Big, t All right. big time. Tuck, why don't you finish out round nine? All right. I had to put this in here because this is technically a mono red staple, but no one will afford this card. Gauntlet of Might. Oh my god. It's expensive. <laughs> Four colors for an artifact. Red creatures get plus one, plus one. Whatever amount is tapped for mana, its controller adds additional re uh, red. There are two varietals of this that are technically illegal that you can get for 195 If you want to spend and actually get one that's legal to play, you're dropping a cool $700 on this. It's just a war that's just a slightly better uh, gauntlet of power or whatever else you want. But I, I will say this. I like the Magic Online promo art. I don't know if you've oh. uh, hovered over that. That is cool. Oh, looking. cool. Yeah. It's uh, like I still wouldn't pay $700 for it. <laughs> it is on the reserved list. It is a piece of magic history. Uh, but pretty much, I think you want these mana doublers in here a lot. We He's an expensive commander. The three, re the three red is also a bunch. And this also pumps him up to, again, that three, that six, three, which is a lot more manageable when you're getting in the red zone. So mm -hmm. I'm guessing if you're building this deck, you probably won't want to spend $700 on one no. card because that will be 100 times the price of the entire deck. What, wouldn't you just go Gauntlet of Power? Oh, you absolutely could. Uh, or Cage Sun. But if we if we have no budget, if we don't have to build this, or God help us pull this out of our own collection, might as well put it in. Sure, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I personally would just go Gauntlet of Power over Might outside of budget because Gauntlet of Might states whenever a mountain is tapped four mana, uh, you get an extra red, so your uh, opponent's playing the dual lands, will now get mm. that. Or, even if you run Blood Moon, they would then get that. But Gauntlet oh. of Power, it's off basic land if it produces red, so you'd be able to avoid your opponents getting any type of a benefit, or it'd at least be very minimum. But just think, for $694, you can get one that costs one mana less. <laughs> Tuck, just start round 10. <laughs> All right, uh, this is another one. Uh, it fits very well with my Bandit Warlord. Another great equipment, Tenzo Godo's Maul. Tenza, three colors for legendary artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one. As long as it's legendary, it gets plus two, plus two. And as long as it's red, it gets trample and has equip one. So for four mana investment, you're getting plus two, you're getting plus three, plus three, and trample on your boy. That makes him into a huge threat. That's going to make it easier to get to that magic number of like 11 for your double strikes and everything else that stacks in here. I like it. $2. I think this card has pretty much gone up in price pretty consistently, but evidently it's still not breaking the bank. Huh. I should really put this uh, card in my Nehab deck. Oh, yeah. Slam. Yeah, it's slam dunk. Seems like an You're, absolute slam dunk. You don't Love have it. a copy of this? Uh-uh, I don't. Oh. Never even heard of it. Unreal. Unreal. 
All right, well, I'm going to complete round 10 with one of my favorite equipments of all time, Sword of Feast and Famine. We'll get it out of the yeah. way. Uh, three colorless artifact equipment, mythic, equipped for two. It has a uh, quip creature gets plus two, plus two, protection for black and green. And here's actually why I like it in the deck. And I, I run this card in decks that hurt for ramp. So whenever mm. equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, they discard a card, but you get to untap all lands you control. Yeah. That's why I think this card, I mean, it is a $63 card for a reason. <laughs> Jeez. Um, the card's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I run this in my blue decks, my red decks, my white decks. I run it whenever I need to untap those lands to get the most value because maybe I'm not running 25 mana rocks or mm -hmm. 15 ways to ramp, or maybe my colors literally can't do either. So uh, I think this is a slam dunk. Plus, if you want to look at some other things, it does protect you from arguably two of the most powerful colors in Magic, black and yeah. green. It's insane. It's insanely strong. Um, I'm very glad I actually cracked one of these, so then I can just proxy them for all my other decks or playtest them or whatever you want. I think really when you're building this out, you're gonna want all the swords of X and Ys. But again, that's what a six five hundred dollar investment. <laughs> yeah, it's absurd. Um, but we'll be moving on to round 11 with another Sword of, but a lot cheaper than its counterparts. Uh, still, it always blows my mind when we look up this card because it is Legendary, Sword oh, of the right. Animist. Uh, two colorless, legendary artifact equipment, rare, equipped for two, equipped creature gets plus one, plus one. Uh, but the more important thing, whenever it attacks, you may search your library for a basic land, put it on the battlefield tap, then shuffle. Tux talked about a lot of double strike. You're going to be getting... Yep. You're not going to get the extra combat damage because it's not a combat damage trimmer like for the sort of feast and famine but we did also talk about just extra combats and that will get that creature's attacks triggers and you need ways to ramp in mono red and mono white and sort of the mm -hmm. animus is kind of the premier way to do it yeah i agree uh it's still five dollars though so don't worry about that even though it's been reprinted a gazillion times so i'm sure you have one great addition Again, kind of a staple in all non-green Voltrons, right? To some extent. Yeah. All right, Tuck. Why don't you complete round 11? All right. So we're going to, again, this is a card that's going to stop token decks from completely running over you. Um, it's pretty basic, but crawl space. Three mm. colorless for an artifact. No more than two creatures can attack you each combat. I am just worried playing this deck that we're going to get outclassed by Drakes. We're going to get outclassed by Elves. We're going to get outclassed by Goblins. And being able to, to prune some of that damage away... On an artifact that doesn't die to a board wipe, a la Silent Arbiter. Pretty efficient. The downside is that this card is now $12, which totally sucks. But again, protecting against the weakness of this deck, Crawl Space is going to do it very efficiently. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it was one of the cards that I kind of looked at. Uh, but then I was like, uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I think if you, if you either have one or have the budget and your playgroup is very combat-y, then mm -hmm. I definitely think you, you get a crawl space for this deck. Like, our play group isn't so much, like, attacking with 10 or 15 creatures because those people have kind of left our play group. Right. So, for me, even, I run call space in my Lavinia deck. And even that, it's like, do I still want to even run this? Because it's more spell-based and, oh, I'm mm -hmm. going to get one guy unblockable in to kill you. Um, right, right, right. So, yeah, definitely this is one that I think we would call in deck therapy the uh, slimy pick. Like, evaluate yes. your play group and kind of see where this may fit. Complete, completely agree on that. Uh, I also had this in uh, 
game I played recently, and it did literally nothing. So, <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, I think round 12 will do something. And, Tuck, what would that card be? Uh, so, I kind of did – I kind of came out with my picks and then randomized my list a few times just so that we had some of the basics. And then I went through and made some changes of things I want to talk about. Real quick, Psalm Simulacrum. Four colorless uh, artifact creature golem. When it enters yep, the battlefield, you tutor well. up a basic land. Yeah, uh, tutor up a basic land, put it on the battlefield, tap, then shuffle. When it dies, you draw a card. I don't, like I said, I don't know how many creatures we're going to end up running in this deck, but yep. it is good that we at least have another blocker on top of uh, Eron, who's going to be getting the red zone, and he's not going to be doing very little, if any, blocking. I completely agree. I mean, I honestly just look at Sad Robot, and every other deck is four mana. It's going to ramp me, and I'm going to draw a card, and I'm going to prevent yep. some sort of damage at some point. And exactly. I'm okay with that for four mana. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Completely agree on that. All right. Well, I'm going to finish out round 12 uh, with very, once again, we're still kind of in our basics. Whisper Silk Cloak. You need ways to get this guy through. You need evasion. So three colorless artifact equipment. Equipped creature can't be blocked and has Shroud. Now, that will hurt because we would like to target him with stuff. But I will say forcing your opponents to go from board wipes and targeted removal to just board wipes is still pretty much worth it. And you can still regenerate if needed. Absolutely. And like we talked about, we're going to have... Uh, we could play Whisper Spill, equip, then put... Like, just play it, not equip it. Equip him up with some art, some uh, equipment and then go into the red zone with him. And again, the unblockable is good enough when he's dealing five commander damage at a run. Yep. All right, round 13. I'm going to be going with... Uh, it's a card we actually don't see ton played in our local play group, but it's still 250. Uh, Trailblazer's yeah, right. Blutes. Uh, two colorless artifact equipment. Uncommon. Equipped for two. Equipped creature has non-basic land walk. Someone at the table is going to have a non-basic land. Um, yeah. I, I know our play group has gone more to the basics. I see a lot more of those plays, but someone's going to have it. I think this is a lot like Crawl Space. You look at your play group, and it's like, you know what? There's enough greedy assholes here that this will do <laughs> something at least to one person each game. I say you go for it. Yeah, I, this is on my list as well. I completely agree. Someone's this is gonna get this is gonna turn him unblockable against somebody, right? Somebody. And then if if that if even it boils down to that person has to waste resources because he's scared about dying, so be it. You can recast yep. your commander at a later date. Absolutely. All right, Tuck, finish us out on thirteen. So this is another super efficient um, newer uh, equipment. So Zephyr boots. Is going to help us in a lot of different ways. So it's pretty basic. One colorless for an artifact uh, equipment. It's out of Strixhaven for about eight cents. Equipped creature has flying, which is a premier evasion, right? Obviously, it's not unblockable. Not as good as everything else. But when equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card, then discard a card, and equip two. So it's still that same kind of like red bullshit <laughs> quote-unquote card draw but the yeah. fact it also turns uh eron into something that has evasion which again i think is kind of his like biggest weakness out the gates at such an efficient rate seems like it's going to really do a lot of damage in yeah that's fair so you know it's kind of funny um because in my head i was like well what why wouldn't we just go cobbled wings so zephyr boots is one to play two to equip cobbled wings is two to play one to equip uh, oh, so sure. it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's literally the same investment. It's just Cobbled Wings is slightly better if you plan on your commander dying a lot. And then mm. Zephyr Boots is better if it's like, nah, I don't think it's going to die that much, but I want to draw the cards. So Exactly. Yeah. Interesting yeah. parallels. Uh, Tuck, round 14, go. Uh, you hate this card, uh, but this is going to be something. Any cards. We're, we're going we're gonna to be playing a lot of lands in here, and we're going to have – I feel like there's going to be turns 
where we can't play our commander, we can't do anything else, we just need to refill our hand. Endless Atlas does it at a pretty decent rate, in my opinion, especially yeah. in red. So two colorless for an artifact, two colorless tap, draw a card, activate if you only control three or more lands with the same name. So dumb. We're gonna be running we're gonna be running 30 mountains, probably, and then a handful of other ones. But uh, I think that this is going to be something that we can start drawing at least a little bit. There's a bunch of other artifacts that do this sort of thing. I just think that in this deck, we're never going to have, we're never going to be beholden to the restriction that Endless Atlas is forcing on us. See, I just don't think this card's a two dollar and sixty cent card. This yeah, seems like a, this seems like a bulk rare to me. It should, it should, it should be. But I think it's, I don't know, I don't really because it's I don't even get that a one time use. Like, right, or once a turn, or right? yeah, yeah, once once a rotation use. It's not even like it untaps on each person's untap step, or whenever someone plays a land that shares a name with the ones that you have, this thing untaps. Untap like, it. Yeah. There's nothing there. It's just every <laughs> turn, pay two mana, draw a card, but only if you have the stupid ass condition. Well, it's gonna, it's gonna. That condition will be made in this deck. I'm pretty sure. All right. Well, I'll complete round fourteen with a fairly new card. Don't see it actually played a lot, um, at least in our play group. Commander's Plate. Seems yeah, it's great for list. this deck. Uh, <laughs> so colorless to cast, artifact, equipment, mythic. Wow, 14 bucks. That, I think that's why you don't see it. Uh, I think that's why you don't see it often. Uh, uh, equip Commander for three. Now, you can't equip other stuff for five, but it'll be going on Eron for three mana. Yep. Equip creature gets plus three, plus three, and has protection from every color that's not your commander's color identity. So basically, protection Bonkers. from Woo Bug. Woo Bug. No. Woo Bug. <laughs> So, Ooh. yeah, this seems like an auto-include in any Voltron monocolor deck. Yeah, I think to your point, it definitely falls, starts falling off the more colors you put in. But again, oh, is this not an Esha? Oh, it doesn't matter because so. it, it already has it, kind of. Well, she has protection uh, from creatures, not creatures, from colors. Yeah. So it uh, actually would do something in, in Esha because uh, it would protect it from the instants that aren't white. But right, the, right. Other, other reason I wouldn't put that in there is I run every other sword of, so I kind of have my protection from colors figured oh, out. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Round 15. We're talking Hammer of Nazan, baby. Oh, God, uh, let's go with so another good. hell of an expensive card. So <laughs> Hammer of Nazan is four colorless legendary artifact equipment. It is a rare... $13, uh, equipped for four. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus so, and has indestructible. I think a lot of people forget the indestructible part because the first yeah. paragraph is so intense. Whenever Hammer of Nazan or another equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach that equipment to target creature you control. So free equips, not going to say no to that, and right. being able to give Eron indestructible, that's saving you on that three mana for the regenerate. Woof. This card's great. Yeah. It's bonkers. I mean, it's worth every cent of the $13. And that's like, that is what kind of sucks when you build Voltron. You just know that you're going to be shelling out for all these like yeah. big powerhouse or, uh, equipments and artifacts. But I mean, it's your choice to build the deck, right? So yeah. who's going to be angry? All right, Tuck, complete our round 15. All right. So I kind of cheese this one. Okay. Because technically it is a land. <laughs> it's okay. I kind of did a land for my like 40 through 50 if I need it. Okay. But it's like right. lightning bolt on a land. So it's that's fine. Okay. It's fine. So this one is uh, Kazul's Fury and Kazul's Cliff. So seems two colors in a red. No, it's not. It's great. Instant. As an additional cost to, sac to cast this spell, sacrifice a creature, and then it deals damage equal to the sac's creature's power to any target. And then you can play it for land as a mountain enters battlefield tap. So for me... I think if you're playing against 
blue and white specifically, you're already kind of up against the wall because they're going to have a lot of exile and bounce effects. Okay. With the regenerate won't won't help you, right? Okay. But if you if you pump up uh, Eron's power such that it's he's like an eight eight, maybe even bigger depending on how big you stack it up, sixteen sixteen. If it's going to die instead of regenerating it, this gives you an out to be able to sacrifice it and then deal a bunch of damage to somebody else. Here's the issue. Eron already costs five, so he's hell of expensive to recast. Correct. All the equipment that you're doing is more resources you're pouring into him. Also correct. Uh, exile, I agree. You would rather probably have him sacrifice an exile, but bounce? I'd rather him go to my hand and avoid commander tax. And then, yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. But for me, if we're swapping this in for a land, right? We cut one mountain, put this in. At least gives you at least gives you an out. At least I think you, you just wanted an excuse to play to get a Kazool card in the deck. This was your way to do it. I see through <laughs> your shrouded veil. <laughs> I do. I do really like Kazool. All he's right. not a good. Well, well he's he's too too greasy in this deck. But anyways, uh, well, Tuck round sixteen. What do you got? So this is under the idea that you're going to be playing a specific kind of mountain. Ah, but. It has to be snow, because this is a snow boy. We're talking about glacial crevasses. Getting in that crevasse. Two colorless and a red for an enchantment. It says, sacrifice a snow mountain. Prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. $2.32. So for me, this is kind of like the mid-range play, where you're not trying to get anything too crazy. You're not trying to do anything too goofy. You kind of have your board set up. Maybe you have some leftover lands. And someone's swinging in with you with an army, Right? Just easy to easy at instant speed, sack a mountain, and then you get to live another turn, right? For me, it's kind of not ideal because you don't have a lot of ways to ramp, as we've talked about, but you will be hitting your land drops. You will be having you will need ways to survive when Eron gets killed, and that's where I think this card kind of slots in. Yeah, I'm actually fine with this. You 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 need ways in Voltron to either deter people from attacking you or right. prevent that damage. And I hate fog effects, but this is a multiple use fog effect, which that that I'm cool with. Uh, but right. it does suck that you're sacrificing the mountains. So once again, I would recommend if anyone built this deck, evaluate your play group. And if it is something that you're having to use this effect a lot, you may need to look at tweaking your mana base to include more crack lands and then maybe put a Crucible of Worlds in the deck. Because mm -hmm. it's like if I'm usually sacrificing seven mountains a game to stay alive... Well, you know, I probably run Terramorphic Expanse and uh, X or whatever the other one is, the ones I don't play. Um, <laughs> yeah, you you know, you probably have some of those Fable Passages. So it's like, you know what, you could get some use. But then, you know, Crucible, it's like, well, if I'm sacrificing 25% of my mana base, do I want one card in so I can get that stuff back? Possibly. Yep. Um, and yep. the second point is you could then talk about how Lucille de Fix Daughter, leader of the Order oh. of the White Shield... Doesn't have a magic card, but Bergamobos does. Yes, two of them. <laughs> You're back on the Bergamobos train. I'll I'm not never even upset left. about it. <laughs> I've never even left. It's still, it's still on. All right. Well, I'm going to close out round 16 with a card that I find very, very cool. So we're talking about Stratoscythe. Don't know if you've heard of it. I oh, never heard of it. Three colorless yeah. artifact equipment rare equipped for three. It has imprint. When Stratoscythe enters the battlefield, search your library for a land card, exile it, then shuffle your library. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each land on the battlefield with the same name as the exiled card. 
So if oh, you just yeah. now if you go away from the snow effect, because I would I would have gone snow as well, but I like Stratoscythe better. So if you go with basic mountains, anyone that's playing basic mountains, baby, you're getting oh, huge. Yeah. Snow, you gotta look at your playgroup. You know, our playgroup, I would not feel comfortable doing snow because I'm kind of the only person that runs snowlands. But some yeah, people sure. have been cracking enough booster boxes over the last couple years that they have tons of snowlands from Modern Horizons. So maybe they've just started putting those in. Uh then mm -hmm. you could probably do it. But man, Stratoscythe, it's kind of like Blackblade Reforged. It's a lot to get down and get equipped, but by the time you do, it's probably going to be buffing your commander at least plus four to plus seven. That's oh, easy. a lot. Easy enough. And I think that we both agree. I like the fact that this goes into your library to exile a card as opposed to one from your hand. Because uh -huh. you're going to have a gazillion mountains, so you also get to thin your library, quote unquote, yep. which is... Not the best, most efficient way to do it, but it helps. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go to the new round, round 17, the year that I lost my car keys. I just had no idea where they went. Uh, so I'm going to be adding key to the city to the deck. <laughs> Got to be unblockable, baby. Plus, you get to draw yes. cards, kind of. Uh, two colorless artifact, tap, discard a card, up to one target creature, can't be blocked this turn. Whenever key to the city becomes untapped, you may pay two colorless if you do draw a card. Hey, you're getting through to the red zone. You don't have to do it. It's not like each upkeep, discard a card, target creature gets unblockable, because I know reds can't really bring a lot back from the graveyard. But yep. it could be something like, hey, you look open, I swing. Oh, I'm going to flash in this. Oh, well, while you do that, let me go ahead and just make Euron unblockable. Just be safe. Yep. And again, not for nothing, pain two to draw a card is what we, is what your least favorite card we've talked about so far, Endless Atlas does. So it's it's the same thing on a more efficient uh, a, equipment sort of artifact. I don't know. I, I know it's an artifact, but I always feel like this is equipment, yeah, like a sneaky one, right? It is it's a equipment sneaky without sneaky equipment. It's sneaky, spooky equipment. All right. Well, Tuck, what is your round seventeen pick? So this is a premier way to start casting stuff from your graveyard. Again, and this is like kind of your late game play. So Past in Flames is going to let you turn all of these damage doublers and all these other cantrips that we have into being able to get back into. So three colorless and a red for sorcery. Each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard gains flashback until end of turn. The flashback is equal to its mana cost. And then Past in Flames also has flashback for four colorless and a red. Uh, so again, I think this is not something you... This is something you can do in a pinch if you just need to like draw cards and you're playing... Sure you know, Carthic, Cathartic Reunion or Faithless Lootings or whatever. But for me, this is the late game. Okay, I already did the gimmick, right? It got mm -hmm. countered. And now I don't have a lot of ways to do this. But all the ones we've talked about so far, Battle Rage, your uh, your other ones are all pretty low mana cost. So if we're, mm -hmm. if we're getting into turn 8, turn 9, turn 10, and you just need that final push, this is going to let you telegraph what you're going to do and hopefully get... Uh, Eron to the point where he's going to knock out the last person or at least put you back in fighting spans. So I looked at this card. The only reason I didn't include it in my list is like I've played mono red and I've played it in a deck that is supposed to generate a lot of mana. And I just, I don't ever seem to have a massive excess amount of red mana when I'm in like a Voltron type uh, situation. So I would just worry about, like, am I going to cast and only get one? one? Yeah. I feel like usually passing Flames is like, hey, I'm casting, like, six things out of my graveyard. Watch out. But if you have Gauntlet of Might out, right, if you paid the Piper for that, then you're going to have piles of mana. But wouldn't Underworld Breach just be a better option? Yeah, maybe. I guess it depends on how much you have in your graveyard. Because you still have to do the exile costs on it. Sure. 
But like Passive Flames only targets instants and sorceries. At least Underworld Breach gets the enchantments, the artifacts, lands. Is that on your list? I'm yeah. guessing by no, by how. Ca oh, it is. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cavalier with it, and it's still something we might talk about. So far, by the way, we've I've only had three matches on this. That would be correct. Unleash Fury, Assault Strobe, and Sad Robot from my side. Yep. Wild. So, okay. Uh, anyways, moving on to round 18. Uh, we talked about this at length on one of our podcasts. I don't remember specifically what it was. This is going to do bonker stuff in this deck. Smoke. Oof. I had a Just flashback. I was about to say smokestack. <laughs> smokestack. No, 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 no. Just smoke, baby. Two red. Players can't untap more than one creature during their untap. Oh, I love this. Love doesn't do this. anything. Doesn't do anything negative to us, right? Just doesn't do it. We untap Aaron, and he's going to go bash someone that then swung out and tried to knock someone out, and then they Teferi's protection or whatever. Two mana for this card is going to is going to do you so so much work in this deck. Slows and people down. Sorry, for the low low cost of six hundred. It looks like euros. You can get a limited edition alpha copy. <gasps> Audible gasp. What a what what a giveaway. But yes, yeah, smoke, very efficient. Uh six dollars for a normal copy if you want to get one. I would pick one up because you're gonna find a deck. Yeah, I mean three dollars and eighty two cents. I'd I'd get one. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, sure. that's cheap. Cheap cheap. All right. I'm going to complete round eighteen with a card that Big Tech's just gonna shake his hat at, and the goad is going to be so excited. We're talking about everyone's favorite group hug assault suit. <laughs> Four colorless I, no, artifact equipment, uncommon, equipped for three. Uh, at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, you may have that player gain control of equipped creature until end of turn. If you do untap it, you may say, Mr. Combo, why would you do that? Well, number one, it's only a 40 cent card. And number two, it states, equipped creature gets plus two, plus two. Haste is irrelevant. Can't attack you or a planeswalker you control. And can't be sacrificed. So, how about you just give a bare minimum a 7-4 Eron to your opponents that they can then be tempted to swing at. But most likely, it's not going to be a 7-4 Euron. It's going to be like a 10-6. Or what would that be? A 10... Yeah, 10-6. Or, yes. you know, a 12-8. It's going to be big. And it's going to have double strike or trample or some life or Unblockable, right? Unblockable. Yeah. And, and so it's just going to make people very much like how the Goad likes to do with uh, his Kozilek deck. Or, or sorry, Emberkul deck. Apologies. The way that I oh. like to do in my Kyrnos and Tiro deck. Uh, and hell, like I like to do in my Garza uh, gold deck. Sometimes there's these commanders that you're cool passing it around because your opponents become so greedy after whatever it does that they just can't say no. And I think Assault Suit is right. one of those cards that help you get there. And to your point, a lot of the things we've been talking about are instant speed, right? So someone's like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll take seven. Mm -hmm. It sucks. And then you're like, no, you'll actually take 14. Yeah. Or you're actually going to take 10 or whatever you want, right? This lets you be reactive with your instance instead of um, telegraphing them in advance. Yep. And uh, to go ahead and do the next round, since I already talked about it, we'll just do Underworld Breach. <laughs> just uh, get it out of the way. Yeah. Well, it was in my first 33, so I was going to be, or 32, sure. so I was going to talk about it no matter what. Um, Underworld Breach, it's a colorless red, so it's half the price. 
of Passing Flames. Enchantment, rare. At the beginning of your end step, or of the end step, sacrifice underworld breach. So for paying two and having to get rid of it at end of turn, what you get is each non-land card in your graveyard has escape. The escape cost is equal to the card's mana plus exile three other cards from your graveyard. So the reason I really like this is now it opens up our cantrips. It opens up mm. our equipment. It opens up maybe the creatures that we might need Some to mana use. rocks, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different things you could do. Now, you can't get your lands back because it is cast, but that's extra fodder to then exile. Mm -hmm. um, so I think Underworld Breach is critical. I do think i run it in my kneehab deck so that way i can like repurpose like x spells and stuff like that sure yeah right but yeah i know i know commander cookout they love this card i know everyone does <laughs> uh but especially when you're in voltron being able to have access to a lot of that single use stuff again is really big yeah agreed um i would run both to be honest with you uh because i don't know i think people see underworld breach and just get scared because it does have that boogie monster kind of feel to it yeah. so it is insanely strong right you can bend lands you've discarded from the key of the city all these other different effects it's just yeah. insanely good it's so good all right tuck complete it round 19 complete it 19. What, what do you, what do you think Real, you're going to talk about very easy relentless assault two colors two red sorcery untap all creatures that attack this turn after this main phase there's additional combat phase followed by additional main phase it's an extra turn. It's, it's four mana, take an extra turn in yeah. this deck, right? Makes sense. Nothing too, ex nothing too exciting there. It's just very, very efficient. Run this and your Seize the Days. You're going to be able to take a lot of extra combats and knock people out. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Round 20. We're almost at legal drinking age. Ooh. What are we going with? So this is in addition to, and if you can't afford Deflecting Swat, you're going to be able to pay one red for the same effect. So Bolt okay. Ben, this is a Tomer special. Uh, three colors and a red for an instant. This spell costs three less to cast if you control a creature with power four or greater. Change the target of spell or ability uh, with a single target. So again, it's and it's 42 cents. So deflecting swat is $32. This is one red mana for a very similar effect. Uh, you're always going to be able to trigger it if you have your commander out, which like we said, is very important. Same thing. See also team or battle rage. Very efficient card. Going to protect you. Going to be able to do some shenanigans with just one red. All right. I mean, I, I I see where you're going a little bit. I see it. What do you mean? This card's incredible. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> All right. All right. Rounding out round 20. None of these make sense. So I thought I'd be funny, everyone. On the fly, I'm sitting here doing these numbers, and I'm like, you know what? I'm pretty sure Bingo has, like, little, like, catchphrases, like, 21, B21. I'd rather oh, be yeah. 21 instead of 45 or something like that. So I was like, oh, let me see if I can look up something and just get Tuck off. None of these make sense. It says for 20, it just says one score. 20, one score. I, I don't get it. Or 21, Royal Salute. What? Yeah. I've no, I don't know. I don't think that I don't think that works. No, nope. that would 25 duck and dive. 25, guess you have to duck and dive. 26, guess you should pick and mix. These are terrible. I'm sorry. Is this for, was this off the geriatrics websites that you subscribe to? Yes, yes. 1, or the A what is it? The AARP? Oh, I love me some AARP. All right. Well, All right, what I'm, do you got for 20? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to move on from 20, try to get us back on track. Uh, I'm going to talk about a land that actually has some pretty cool utility for this deck. Uh, Cathedral of War. It's a land oh, from God, M13. Yeah. Uh, it comes in tapped, which sucks. 
but it does tap for a colorless, and it has Exalted on it, just stapled on the body. Whenever a creature mm -hmm. you control attacks alone, that creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Your commander is always going to be attacking alone. So basically, you've just turned your 5-2 into a 6-3 for literally no investment Nothing, yeah. at all, other than the 97 cents to buy one. And because Eron costs that three colorless, it's not that backbreaking, right? You can, yeah. You're going to be able to run these sort of lands in here pretty easily. Mm -hmm. All right. Moving to round 21, uh, we're going to talk about a card that I bet will probably shock Tuck that I'm talking about, but it's another land, but it's a good utility one. <gasps> I think we should put War Room in the deck. Uh, it's a land. Taps for a colorless. It's a rare. It says uh, three tap. Pay life equal to the number of colors in your commander. Colors identity, draw a card. The only reason I'm okay with this, other than the <laughs> other ones, is because at least you could use it as just a land. As a land, yes. yeah. You don't have to and just like pay three or pay two, pay one life to draw a card. Uh, it's at least you could use it for other stuff. It, yeah, this is really good. I think this is this is almost like a borderline one or two color staple. Uh, being able to draw a card at will for three and take an incidental life. Pretty, pretty strong. Yeah, but I would not recommend running it in a five-color deck and paying five life to draw <laughs> yes. a card and pay three mana. I might call you a fool. You might be a fool. All right, Tuck, 21. Let's have some fun. Ooh, there you are. Yeah, you don't need no list. Uh, this is also a very expensive one, uh, but it's going to be – it's going to help out a lot with trying to close out the game. Savage Beating – Three colorless, double red for an instant, $37. Cast this only during your turn and only during combat. Choose one. Creatures you control gain double strike until end of turn. And then untap all creatures you control. After this phase, there's initial combat phase. Obviously, it's a pretty big mana investment. But the idea is that if you're getting to the late style of the game, being able to dump all this mana into this is going to let you knock out one person, right? The double strike, he's going to have trample or evasion. This is how you're going to kind of push through the game. It sucks because you were only attacking with one thing, so it's a little overcosted. But at instant speed, pretty strong. I don't know. I mean, seven mana, get an extra combat, and double strike. It sounds about right. That's... Like, I feel like if you were to do oh. an equipment, that's kind of what you would pay to do an equipment onto a creature. Yeah, you only get to do it yeah. once. But seven mana to pretty much kill one person. Well, and it's it's like you always say, right? Where it's like, would you pay a card? Would you pay Relentless Assault? and Team or Battle Rage, and pay one more mana for it, right? Yeah. And one card at one shot. Yep. Yep. And the Relentless Assault Sorcery speed, this is all instant speed. So it's literally, Absolutely. would you pay for those cards and just pay one mana to have the flexibility to do it both anytime you want? I think most people would probably say yes. Yeah, agreed, 100%. All right, Tuck, we're at 22. Why don't you give me a looky-loo? <laughs> Oof. That wasn't that was good. Oof. That was sweaty. That one was sweaty. Uh, Hazardous Monument. Uh, again, this, is kind of, this is kind of a meat and potatoes thing. Three this thing's trash. Artifact. It's so bad for the deck. Red spells you red spells you cast cost one less to cast. Whenever you cast a creature spell, you may discard a card. If you do, draw a card. We are going to have some creatures in here, even though the utility. But mostly, this just costs his command. This just makes Eron's commander cost cost one less. We're only going to play all Ruby Medallion. You, we are gonna, we are going to have Ruby Medallion. We're gonna have all of it. It's an expensive commander in red. We need every single thing that's gonna push that down as much as we possibly can. 
God. So disappointed Telling in you. you. So disappointed. Oh, please. Oh, please. Oh, please. You right. had two lands in here, you crazy person. <laughs> well, rounding out round 22, I'm actually going to be talking about one of our new modal cards from Kaldheim. Uh, we're going to be putting in Bergy, God of Storytelling. Oh, God, so, yes. So, two colorless red, legendary creature god. It's a rare. It's a 3-3. Three, three. You can get one for about six bucks. Um, whenever you cast a spell, add a red. Until end of turn, you don't lose the mana as steps and phases end. Uh, it does have a boasting effect, but we don't have any boasts, so we'll just move past it. Um, yep. And then you could play it for the other side for four colorless red to Hornfell Horn of Bounty. It's a legendary artifact rare, and it has a just static effect. Discard a card, exile the top two cards of your library. You will play those cards this turn. Here's how I look at Bergy for this deck. The front side for three... We, we talked a lot about those cantrips. You could eventually kind of mm -hmm. get these cantrips in your cost reducers to where the things are kind of just free. And you can almost yeah, just right. kind of play out your hand and kill one person on the spot. I like that. But then also, you know, okay, so three mana, I'm not trying to kill anyone. Well, five mana, I just need cards. I need to play mm -hmm. stuff. Because Voltron is very much play your hand. You're not holding right. anything back outside of... Maybe you don't want to overload too much onto Eron and make him too juicy of a target. So being able to discard, being able to discard your worthless lands to exile cards, be able to maybe play those things. We talked about Underworld Breach, Past and Flames. You can kind of almost set up to where, hey, I got Past and Flames in hand. Let me actually discard these other things down to exile. Up, oh, still don't have it. Okay, I'll cast Past and Flames. Get that stuff back out. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's just it's so efficient being able to stack the stuff on top of it and it's a blocker not for nothing right like yep. we need those in this deck completely agree all right well going to round 23 23 is not the goat uh i will be adding yeah michael jordan dig <laughs> you really got him he's got listening him. to this podcast right now and he's gonna be furious he's pissed so i i you know i talk i gotta get a planeswalker <laughs> in here man Come on. I, I was wondering if you were going to do that. So, Koth of the Hammer, I think, actually makes a lot of sense in here. Or in a lot of yeah. mono-red Voltron-type stuff. So, two colorless red-red. Uh, you get a three-valued Planeswalker. You can get one for about 550. And it has three effects. Comes in at that three loyalty. You get plus one untapped target mountain. It becomes a 4-4 four, four red elemental creature until end of turn. It's still a land. I like that a lot because unlike Nyssa, Nyssa usually just permanently turns it into a land. This doesn't. Right. So really, it's just plus one get a mana to your mana pool. Because your mm -hmm. opponents in this deck are not saving targeted removal for a mountain. They're saving it for Eron right, when you right. can't regenerate. So that's great. Minus two, get a red to your mana pool for each mountain you control. Woof. What's that? Every three it's, turns, then you're getting seven, eight, nine mana for free. All absolutely. pluses. Minus five. I actually think this could do something for your deck or for this deck. You get an emblem with mountains you control, have tap. This land deals one damage to target creature or player. Man, I'm going to combat. I got trample, but you're combo blocking me with seven 1 1 elves. Well, let me just start picking them all off until yep. I can just get through for free. So I think Koth of the Hammer is going to bring so much versatility to this deck. And because we are playing Voltron, it is a distraction from our life total. Completely agree. And if you play this late game, you could minus two. You pay two. You pay four, minus two, get seven back, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to go and keep going into your thing. 
it's a really, really, really strong card. Uh, I think this is like borderline mono red standard. Wow, it's up there. It's up there for me. Um, well, but considering I've never seen what, even what you playing. play it, I'm shocked to hear you say oh, that. It's in uh, ready. <laughs> Uh, it said maybe, 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 I don't know. All right, Tuck. Well, bring us home with your 23. I wonder if I could plant you a tree. I was going to say you're 23 and me. We're talking DNA tests here. Uh, this is one that I had never heard of before. We've seen this in green, but not that I'd seen in red. Granite Grip. Hmm. Two colors in red for an enchantment aura, enchant creature. Enchant creature gets plus one, plus Ooh. zero for each mountain you control. Like that. Again. We're gonna. It doesn't. It kind of sucks because it's not gonna make him any yep. more susceptible to dying to a Drake. But you play this, you attack with Eron. The next turn, you're gonna buff him a bunch, and then still have the three left to regenerate if you need to. So for three mana, I think it's gonna give you minimum what plus three, maximum plus eight, somewhere in that range for a, a pretty reasonable cost, and it's twelve cents. Well, I mean, basically, imagine it, guys. Whatever Blackboard Refrages. Reforge is giving you this is probably giving you the exact same maybe minus same one or amount. two uh so that's pretty cool also depending on the direction you're building this deck there are two different arts so if you're going cutesy i'm just kind of fun you got like this nice fat guy um looks with a like giant, with a giant with a giant with the hellboy green hellboy oh. he's got the hellboy punch yeah i mean kind of but that's an actual glove that's not like that's not oh, his hand yeah but if you want to go, oh, I'm more ruthless and hardcore, look at the Urza copy of this. And yeah. literally, it's this guy in kind of like a Christ pose, but just getting literal stones attached to his flesh from every direction. Very hardcore, very metal. And I love the flavor art on the old one. There's beauty in the desert, but it's best of you from afar. <laughs> or uh, the first one, this even it's better because it's like so like nonchalant. The, the fat guy just says, let me introduce you to Rocky. Wow. Punch. Punch. Got it. Mono red. All right, Tuck. Well, give us round 24. I just like you to know that I adore. Oh, that's very kind of you. Uh, I had never heard of this card before, and it's $11. This came out before equipments even existed for Mercadian Mass Power <laughs> Matrix. Four colorless for an artifact. Tap. Target creature gets plus one, plus one. Gains flying, first strike, and trample till end of turn. What a beating. You get all two kinds of evasion. You pump them up to six, which is close to seven, right? Like we're trying to get to. Yep. Get some back and lightning bolt range as usual. And being able to do this just once a turn for your commander is going to make him such a threat over and over and over again. I really like it. That's, uh, that's a it's very, strong. very cool card. I had never even heard of that. I mean, Me I neither. wish it wasn't like 1150. That's a little, little pricey. I know it's up there. But again... Just the value, you're going to be putting this on Eron every turn, and he's just going to continue to bash face. But don't worry, Mr. Combo. If the 1150 isn't enough, you can get the foil for $200. Whoa. So there you have it. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> don't mind if I do. All right. Well, I'm going to finish out round 24 with uh, another kind of meat and potatoes card, but I think it could be built to do some pretty exciting things. Runaway Steamkin, uh, colorless red, uh, yes. creature elemental, it's a 1-1. One, one. If you cast a red spell, if Runaway Steamkin has fewer than three plus one plus one counters, put a plus one plus one counter on Runaway Steamkin, and then you can remove three to add uh, three red to your mana pool. We talked about the can trippy type stuff. Blockers. We're in mono red. We're going to be getting it a lot. I mean, if we could get Runaway Steamkin to happen like every other turn, I think it's great for the deck. Yeah. 
Uh, I got destroyed by this in this guy's Zada Hedron Grinder deck I played mm-hmm. on Tuesday. He got to do this like six times in a row. And granted, it's not the same deck, but I think this is going to let you get a ton of value and have really explosive turns, like you mm. said. Well, another thing that I was very poo-pooey on this card for a long time, but I have now started to play it in my Zafi deck, and I think the card is pretty amazing. Mana Geyser. I think it's we put incredible. Mana, it's incredible. Three colorless, red, it's red, so sorcery. Uh, add a red for each tapped land your opponents control. Um, enough said. It's 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 like unbeatable. It's the most. I think it's the most efficient mana ramp in red. The only times where you get burned on this is if you're playing burn. Get it red. The only time you get burned on this one is if you're playing multiple colors and you need mm-hmm. blue or white yep. or whatever. But here. Don't matter. Yep. You're going to get 16 mana off this and then go completely berserk. And I find it hilarious because I was just wondering, like, man, this seems like such a multiplayer card. It was first printed in Fifth Dawn. Like, this was made for 1v1. (laughs) And I'm sure back then it was like, oh, five mana, they maybe break even. Maybe they get one or two. It's like, oh, you didn't think about Commander where I'm going to get, like, 18 out of this. Maybe Storm. I don't know. That That is a good point, though. I would never play this one-on-one, but what do I know? Yeah. All right, Tuck, give us 25. I would like to send you a high five. You're rhyming five with five? You don't want to stay alive, go down to a dive bar, but this is an uphill joke because we're fighting an uphill battle. We also talked about this. I think Squee brought this one up. Two colors and a red for an enchantment. Creatures played by your opponents enter the battlefield tap. Bought a bunch of them. So again, suck at token decks, suck at Voltron decks, suck at anything but Planeswalkers decks. This is going to be backbreaking when it doesn't affect you at all. And Tuck, do you remember your little combo that you did earlier with this? Isn't it this in smoke? Yeah. Smoke, yeah, uh, you can only exactly, untap yeah. up to one creature. This is going to have all their creatures come in tapped. So it's like, hope you got an enchantment removal, bro, because it's going to be Voltron time. We're playing Mono Red Enchantment Voltron. There it is. How many more? And Cantrip. Mono Red Voltron Cantrip with Eron, with our boy. Goodness. All right. Well, Tuck, give us round 26. All right. Uh, this is, I got some meat and potato ones coming up here. So forgive me. Uh, hopefully, I'll get into some more fun ones. Chandra's Addiction is just going to be pretty You love that damn stack. card. I love it. I love it. Ever since I ever since I found it and I put it in Parash, I love it. Three colorless, double red for a sorcery. Target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to each other creature and each each other opponent you will likely have no other creatures and if you do it's going to be your solemns or stuff like that it's yep. kind of debatable or bennett we're playing doubling power we're playing plusing power and these cantrips don't cost that much so it's mm-hmm. not hard for me to believe that uh eron could be 8 10 11 yeah you get a one-way board wipe and then also deal a huge chunk of damage off of your opponents all for the low low cost of five mana and five dollars yeah i I got nothing nothing to add to that. Makes nothing so much. Nothing on that? I mean, it's perfect. Makes makes a lot of yeah. sense. I mean, I put this in my uh, Garaza deck because she could just deal all of her damage to all the creatures. Oh, and yes. then she gets massive and just one-shot someone. So Right, right, right. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to round it. out round 26 with a card that I literally lost to at an LGS a long time ago. And it makes me very sad. But this is a gamble (laughs) card because hopefully your opponents have the non-basic lands. Price of progress. 
Colorless red oh, instant. Price of progress deals damage to each player equal to twice the number of non-basic lands that player controls. I like that this is actually an instant because you will come up against players that you're playing Eron and they're going to do math. Okay. It's going to put me to this. I got this much cushion. I know I can kill you next turn. I need to keep these right. blockers back. They're going to do it to where if you, if in theory they're almost dead, they're going to figure out if I have to block or can I kill you. And this, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, you let it go through? Price of progress, you probably die. Yeah, it, it's really strong. Two mana. Again, this is something that we're going to be able to build into. Get back with Passing Flames. Great target for your Underworld Breach late game, right? This is going to make people suffer, and they're going to suffer for spending money on lands. Yes. All right. We're on round 27, and this is the last round of the Snakey Snake. So, Snake. I will be. See, it's like we're 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 getting close to the end, and I and I want to start like finding like some of these like fun, cool ones. Some of the fun ones that I still think are good for the deck, and I'm not just like trying to jam them in. But I think I'm gonna go with this guy. It's it's a card that I had not seen before. Um, completely new to me. I love quest counters though. So why don't we go for Ooh. a quest for pure flame? 30 cents. Oh, sure, yeah. Single red enchantment. Uh, it's an uncommon. Uh, whenever a source you control deals damage to an opponent, you may put a quest counter on quest for pure flame. So it's going to go slow, but that's all right. Remove four quest counters from quest of pure flame and sacrifice it. If any source you control would deal damage to a creature or player this turn, it deals double that damage to that Oof. creature or player instead. So basically, you have a rattlesnake on the battlefield right. that it's like, I'm getting drips, I'm getting drabs. Maybe you're blocking. Maybe you're trading. Hey, that's fine with me. Trade your 1-1s one for my 5-2. Don't let me get some stuff. Eventually, though, people aren't going to want to trade, and you're going to start ticking up those counters. And then it's, hey, I got double strike and trample. Who wants to die? And then you can start <laughs> politicking. And I know Big Tuck loves to politics. So I love a politics. Quest of Pure Flame I will definitely let you kind of start manipulating that table. And I think the best part of it, it's a one drop, right? So you don't have to play this immediately. You can always kind of like slink this in, especially yep. if you have the double strike, right? That's two counters right there. People are going to start wondering about it. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Love it, love it, love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right. Well, Big Tuck, give us your last round 27. Uh, it's going to be real quick. Ruby Medallion. Need to play it. You got to pay You got to pay the money for it. Two colorless artifact red spells you cost, cast one less a cast, and it's $28. That still hasn't been reprinted outside of Commander Anthology. You just have to, if you're playing mono red, you have to run this because yep. you are going to be behind on lands and you need the most efficient way to get your cards out. I agree. Pretty straightforward to me. Yeah, it was it was my number 34 pick. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really good. I wish they weren't so damn expensive. <laughs> but with that being said, we are at the lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> It could be anything. All right. So we are on to the lightning round. And as a reminder, what's going to happen here is uh, since Tuck would technically be up, he will pick, then I will pick, and we'll just go down the line like that. Pretty simple. Uh, we each only have five picks left. So Big Tuck, round 28. What are you talking about? Gamble. <laughs> we're going We're going, We're going. going gamble. The best red tutor of all time. One red. Search the library for a card. Put that card into your hand, and then discard that card. Uh, so can we argue it might be one of the only red tutors. There's only like I think it is. I think it's like. Is there? Another, I'm sure there's some creature there, that maybe ETBs that in searches for something. Yeah. Oh, like Goblin Major. Yeah, Goblin yes, guys. This is, but yeah. If you're running mono red, you have to have gamble. 
and you do have to don't pay listen the to Big Talk. You don't. Price you don't have to have Gamble. You have you to have, have it. To you have, have it. to have it. You have to have it. Uh, yeah. So, like you said, you talked about Goto. There you go. Now you got them both. Both tutors. Jesus. All right. For my round twenty-eight, um, let's see. What do we want to go with? You know, I want to go with something that. I always like how these when we put when we actually put these decks together, it's just like all gas, no ramp, no recovery. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I, you know what? Tuck went boring. I'll go boring too. Uh, because we do need okay. to to have some removal in the deck. Uh, so we're gonna put in Vandal Blast. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Vandal Blast so is going to be a sorcery, one red. Uh, you can get one for a little under three bucks. Uh, destroy a target artifact you don't control, or you could pay four colorless red and destroy all artifacts you don't control. The one thing I will say about this is like I think that we are now seeing a new resurgence of clues tokens and treasures yep so i think this card is start is continuing to prove its weight in gold tokens if you will <laughs> who the hell makes gold tokens treasure baby <laughs> uh king Macar. all right round 29 go all right uh another great instant one this is a great mana dump late in the game boldavarian rage Get enraged on it. So it's an instant target attacking. It's X and a red, excuse me, for an instant target attacking creature. Gets plus X plus zero till end of turn. Draw a card at the beginning of the next turn's upkeep. So yep. again, another rattlesnake card, and it replaces itself. Obviously, it's better in your feathers and your zadas, but here you got one person left. Eron is untouchable, unblockable. Now you can just bash on it. Yeah, I like the card. I run it. All yes. right. For me to complete this, we need a little bit of protection. We need some guys to block. And we I think this deck's gonna be filled with non-creature spells. So Goblin Slide oh, for sure. seems like this is a good mm. fit for a Voltron deck. Uh two colorless yeah. red enchantment. It's an uncommon for about 20 cents. Uh whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you may pay a colorless. If you do, get a one-one red gobbo token with haste onto the battlefield. You will never be attacking with them unless maybe you have your quest for flame out and you're trying to get multiple right. counters. Most of the time, they're just savage beating. To... But again, you're like, yeah, but you're just going to keep them here friend. for blockers. And so I think right. to have an enchantment that probably isn't going to get targeted and you literally just spending a colorless whenever you play one of the things you're just going to be doing to get a blocker. That seems OK. I think there's a weird version of this that you can make it no creatures, potentially. I think it would be very hard, but you could kind of maybe do it. Maybe. But this is, this. is either way, this is very, very strong. All right, Tuck, round 30. Go. Okay. Again, manipulating the attack and enchantment. Interesting card for your opponents to play around. Invasion plans. Two colorless and a red for an enchantment. All creatures block each combat if able. The attacking player chooses how each creature blocks each oh my combat. Gosh. Oh my gosh. So you this is so this is a this is why it's so far in the list, because this can come back and bite you right square in the ass <laughs> more times than not. But again, being able to be like, uh, none of your creatures attack, Eron's coming in, and I'm gonna one-shot you with all these other things. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna make it kind of cute. I worry, depending on your playgroup, that if you are playing a lot of creature heavy things, they are just now gonna turn into this total bloodbath of bashing into people, tons of damage coming down. It's it's a it's a greasy one, but I like it for this deck. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Rounding out round thirty, uh, I'm gonna put a card in here that's just gonna piss everyone off because why not? <laughs> Ward of Bones, baby, let's go. <laughs> Six colorless artifact. It's a rare for fifteen. Uh, each opponent who controls more creatures than oh, you can't God. play creature cards. <laughs> the same is true for artifacts, enchantments, and lands. Hey, I know you ramped early and got a Birds of Paradise out, and I just played Eron and Ward of Bones. Guess you won't be playing your commander ever again. 
You just couldn't help yourself. Well, I mean, come on. It's Voltron, so it's going to limit them on creatures. We're in mono red, so it's going to limit them on lands. But the artifacts and enchantments, I think it's going to stay the same. I don't think we're really going to be limiting people because we're going to have a fair amount of artifacts and enchantments. It's really just the creatures, so I'm not getting hit in the red zone and lands to where you can't get that far in front of me. I think think the table will all be like, that kind of sucks. But then I think you'll have players start to look at everyone, and it's like, well, Mr. Combo playing this Eron deck, he's like, it's not like he's destroying lands. He's just in red. He's playing a land per turn. But, right. hey, you know, he did play four artifacts. I guess I could still ramp. It's it's not as big of a feel bad. Mm, I agree with you, and you need all the help you can get in this <laughs> Oh, deck. my God. Yes, you do. <laughs> all right, Tuck. We're close. 31. Last two. Wrecking Org, uh, Ogre. So this is four colors and a red for a creature, Ogre, Warrior, that has double strike, and it's a 3-3, but it also has Blood Rush. So three colors, double red, discard it. Target attacking creature gets plus three, plus three, and gains oh. double strike until end of turn. So it's it's a little... That's why it's kind of down on yeah. here. It's kind of... I view this as like a last-ditch effort card where you're like, I have to do something, mm-hmm. so I'm going to burn a bunch of mana at this weird instant speed. It can't be countered. So that's kind of cute. Yeah. It can be stifled, I guess. But just having this as a rattlesnake or as a creature that has double strike has that kind of utility. But again, this is why it's way down on the bottom. Yeah, I'm a little. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big fan of it just because it is still five to get the effect. Yeah. I think if it was like three to get it, then it's like oh, okay. Well, I guess I kind of lose my double strike creature to give it to someone else temporarily. This just seems like a bad version of bestow. Like, you're basically paying the same cost as to play the creature, bestowing the some cases right. you pay a little bit more, um, and you're getting that effect, and then that's it. It's like, I feel like there should be some incentive to, to do this. But to your own point, you pay two mana to give it plus three, plus three, and trample, and then another two mana to give it double strike, so you're paying one more. Yeah. Argument to be made there at discard speed. But that's why it's a sweaty card for sure. Yeah, but the other cards, they usually give plus three, plus three, and trample. trample don't forget that. We don't get trample is, that's, here. Yeah, that's, that's so, a fair point. Extra that's mana, point. no trample. So, But that's okay, because we're going to go to round 31, finish it out with me and Static Orb. Let's go. <laughs> Three colorless artifact. It's a rare $14, or you can get the Colonesh oh, Invention for 118 if Static Orb is untapped, players can't untap more than two permanents during their untap steps. Uh, we really just need to untap our commander. That is it. Yep. I run Static Orb in Neheb. It has never backfired on me. Uh, the only time this will ever hurt you is when someone board wipes to get rid of that and everything else. And in theory, you'd be the last one to untap. But mm-hmm. you know what? You're going to have enough artifacts that people want to get rid of. By the time I think Static Orb actually hits the table, unless you get lucky and it's in the beginning, uh, they'll probably have used their artifact removal at that point. Yep. Yeah, I like it. You can also get a gold version of this, so I am already very excited about it. All right, Tuck. So, Big Tuck, complete your draft with pick 32. Uh, let's get Degenerate, the exoskeleton. Oh, you We're grafting you it on, baby. baby. Come on, let's go. Four colors for an artifact equipment. A crypt creature gets plus two, plus two, and has infect. And then when it becomes unattached from a permanent, sack that permanent. Equip two, four dollars out of Scars of Muradin. Seven, you double him, dead. That's it. Tutor it up with Goto. You're back to the races, baby. You have to, We have to have ways to close it out. We do. I don't know whoever said Believe that. Believe it. I, I, look, I like Grafted Exoskeleton. I think it's great in Voltron decks. I just hate that yes. you 
did that. Now, granted, the thing that sucks, though, is that this is kind of a non-bow with Eron's regenerate, because you can't regenerate off sacrifice when this becomes unattached. Oh, very true. So... So. What are you gonna What are you gonna unattach it to? No, Dodo? no. Like if someone like blew up the grafted exoskeleton, oh, you then have to sacrifice sure, yeah. Euron. So, um, all right. Well, what? I'm gonna finish out this episode with a card I've never heard of. I don't know if you have Tuck, but I think it's very cool. Bludgeon Brawl. Oh, two colorless red for twenty four cents enchantment. Each non creature, non equipment artifact is an equipment with equip X. And equipped creature gets plus X plus zero, where X is that artifact's converted mana cost. Now, here's the thing, and I want you guys to sit with me. We have talked about Ward of Bones. That's a six. That's big. Most of the artifacts big. in this deck, though, that are going to be non-equipments will probably be between one and three. But mm -hmm. I think that's actually perfect because you're literally just, how much power do I need to add to Eron? I need to add four. Okay, which non-equipment artifacts can I pay a collective of four mana to give him four power? I love it where it's a one mana to get the one resource, the one-to-one. -one. Always right. here for this. So we'll see at the end of the episode when we input this into Tapped Out what our breakdown is. But I think Bludgeon Brawl could be a secretly cool card. And I'm surprised I haven't seen it in other decks. Yeah, you. I don't know. Like maybe because most mono red decks don't care about this, but I did. Like we just talked about Doretti a few weeks ago. I kind of think it's kind of sneaky good in that, right? Yeah. Like put this on a dragon or something. Bash to the face. Good pick. Great, great end pick. Thank you. Well, guys, we're at the end of the episode. Um, we just really want to say thank you for making it until the end, and we'd love a follow, a five-star review, anything on whatever consumption platform you're watching. Uh, it could be YouTube. It could be a podcast. Uh, you know, if you really liked it, like I said, do that feedback. We need to know what you like and don't like. And if you'd like to get a hold of us and uh, connect with our community, here's how you could do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number 5 on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, where could they find you? Uh, I am still at Big Tuck Tweeting on Twitter, and I want to give a special ha uh, happy birthday to the Escape Queen herself, Holland Roden, who it sounds like you might know who that is. I do? Well, you like the tweet. I don't know. Maybe it's just because you like I just Yeah, I just liked you. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the uh, little bit of trolling I did. I know you do your celebrity birthday thing. Did you see what I did in the last week? Yes, I have. Yes. Your nonsensical the post of the day or whatever. Yes, uh, and that will be continuing for uh, all future. Okay. Uh, you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh, also, go to cmdtower.com slash BNBE110 to actually see this draft list. We will have it on Tapped Out, so you can go look at it on there as well, plus the article to accompany it. Now... Squee McGee, if people would love to get a hold of your Manolith commentary and your amazing audio engineering skills, how could they do that? Yeah, he does have a full studio if you're ever local in the area, but hey, work with him remote. He's a great, great guy and does have some great tools and does produce great content. Now, if you loved our YouTube video, reach out to at underscore Teacoats. Tyler, great video editor, absolutely rock star, uh, does all the video editing for us here at CMD Tower. But we are looking to get better. You know, we've talked about being on Twitch. You know, we're working with him to build a background. Let us know what you guys want to see. Even on YouTube, we're trying to improve bruise and build. You know, we started redacted reviews. Like, do you guys like it where it's just audio with visual? Do you want to see me and Tuck? And would that make it more engaging? Let us know what you want so we could try to improve the channel. 
Now, if you would like to support us, because maybe you are doing a kick-ass job, or you want to help fund us so that way we can start improving to what you want to see, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. Four different tiers, like I talked about at the beginning of the episode. We are coming out with new swag that will be exclusive to patrons with a discount for the first month or so that it's available. And then it will be available for the general public, like our CMD Tower holiday sweater, also in amazing Jund colors. Tuck's big favorite. Ooh, a foil playmat. We have sleeves. We have tokens. We have a whole lot of stuff that you get for being a part of our community. So please go, go join. Uh, we talked about a referral program earlier. So if you're already an existing patron and you get someone to join our community, have them message us on Patreon and we will send you some free swag just as a thank you for growing and infecting the populace. Now, we do have a store, cmdtower.com slash merch. If you cannot be a Patreon or you say screw these guys they suck i would never join their patron community but secretly you kind of have this love affair like hey i kind of want to cmd tower play mat or i would like a fuzzy sweater to like roll up in like i'm sure big tuck has some secret jlk and uh jimmy wong uh, memorabilia around oh, his house <laughs> also, jlk listen mr combo we talked about this we can't talk about how i killed jfk in the past oh right? sorry <laughs> i should have said mdk murder death Thank kill you. All right. Well, guys, that is the end of our Bruisem Builds Eron Chaos Draft episode. So while we wait for the tapped out results to come, Big Tuck, how do you feel the episode went? And this is now our third Chaos Draft. How do you feel it's going? And what should we maybe consider for the next one? Hmm. Uh... Another slam dunk episodes. These are usually these are kind of sort of becoming some of my favorites because it kind of makes you think a little bit more. Um, I think that you could turn this into an actual deck if you want to. I think it's gonna get laughed at, and then maybe you'll sneak out a win once or twice. But I like all of the things that we talked about today. Um, I, who knows? I don't. The future, like the future's uncertain. The world's our oyster for the next one. So. I'm I, Like I said, I'm always looking forward to doing this again. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought uh, today's dialogues went great. It was interesting because as much as Tuck opened the episode and said, oh, man, so excited to talk to Mr. Combo. When we literally recorded yesterday, he was like, dude, I don't even know what to do for this thing right now. I'm just so lost. <laughs> so it's funny what 24 hours and a whiskey could uh, do for Big Tuck. Oh, that's true. <laughs> All right, and now for Tapped Out to see what the statistics are. Are you putting it in right now? Yeah, that's that's what we did last time is like put it in and say, hey, here's what the CMC oh, yeah. is. Yeah. And that, remember, that's how yes, we found yes, out yes, we yes. were off a card. Oh, right. <laughs> so for what you've been waiting for, we are now going to get the results of this deck. So to our shock, Tuck, what is the CMC and what's the rough cost of the deck? So it's a 303 CMC, which is insane. I, th I thought it was going to be like four and change. The cost is the problem, though. Uh, this is going to cost you anywhere between on TCG player, because Card Kingdom can suck it, uh, somewhere between $500 and $1,000 to build. So I so would encourage I you to spend the $46 at Card Hoarder and just build, build it online. online. Yes, yeah, seven creatures, 10 enchantments, uh, one Planeswalker, just a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> now, no granted, ramp. if you decide to cut Gauntlet of Might, I think the deck drops five hundred dollars. Yes, correct. <laughs> yeah, so that's so then more, the deck only becomes seventy five dollars yeah. to build, which then you cut Sword of Feast and Famine, and the deck gets built for free. Uh, no, so uh, well, this was this was good to see. Uh, we're at forty six red pips in the deck. 
Uh, from a break fan down, Tuck, I think there's something here to this artifact rigmarole. We got 25 in the deck. A lot. We got a lot. Uh, we got 10 enchantments. We got nine sorceries, 10 instants, nice and balanced. Mm -hmm. Two lands, uh, not including the one modal land that Tuck added. Only eight creatures, uh, obviously, and the single planeswalker. So, I mean, this looks like kind of your stereotypical Voltron deck. Yeah. Uh, now, a, little a little short on the mana ramp, potentially, but we can make some cuts there. And with that awesome card that I finished with, I'm curious, how many artifacts or non-equipments that we can equip? So we are at nine artifacts out of our 25. So probably about 35, 40%. So, you know, that's one of the ones that we talked about. Like, hey, you kind of need to look at your deck and figure it out. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I this might be a deck that, you know, it'll be shared. I might throw the lands in and, and goldfish online. Just see like what it and does. Just see, and just see how it yeah. goes. See what your draws look like. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, I'm glad uh, we got another Chaos Draft episode. I'm glad it was Voltron, which is uh, Josh Lee Kwai's favorite. We know how he much he loves it, and we know how much Tuck loves Josh Lee Kwai. So with that, bye-bye. And I'm going for it, Jimmy. Jimmy.